So everybody right now, please welcome. Welcome to the Sports Fantasies Podcast, where we break down rankings, projections. Well, hello there. Welcome to the show, everyone. Do you love fantasy sports? And going off the beaten path? Well, then this is the show for you. Oh, yeah. Sports Fantasy with Miller and McCarty. Welcome back. Episode 63. Sports Fantasy with Miller and McCarty. On a Thursday. Gonna do a little bit of a pickle. Gonna do some football talk. A quick off the beaten path, which maybe you just went 10 to 1. I did not, although similar, but not quite. And then we'll finish out the show with some baseball and some trade talk, which the trades uh, are starting to heat up a little bit in the NFL weeks too. Yes, the uh, the weeknight show is starting to become a regular thing. Yeah, um, with how crazy both of our schedules seem to be over the summer, I think the weeknight thing has worked out well. I'm sure come September, October, you know, we'll be back to doing our, our normal weekend show where it lasts four and a half hours and we cut out half the show because somebody's learning words, but you know, <laughs> I really like, uh, I really like something, you know, I was going to say something, there, but no, I really like keeping, keeping the people on their toes. They just never know what morning they're going to wake up. And it's like Christmas. They see that a new sports fantasies podcast is out and they can't wait to unwrap the gift. I'm pretty sure that's exactly how people describe this show. You know, every time I, I see a new episode of Sports Fantasies is up, I feel like a kid on Christmas opening up that Nintendo with the Super yeah. Mario Brothers. Although I got the, the sports edition where I got the, the World Cup game and the Super Spike V-Ball. I've got to admit, I used to listen to the show, but even I don't listen anymore. <laughs> I've tuned um, out of it as well. I, so. I will I will occasionally listen back just so I can see if I was right. And if I'm right, I'll bring it up in conversation somewhere. If I am wrong, I will never bring up the show again. All right, so you're not even listening to critique your performance. You're listening just to be able to say that you were right. That's wonderful. Um, yes, and critique your performance. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. <laughs> That sounds about right. All right, let's get started with the pickle here. We're going to start with some headlines. I have a feeling, I don't know, I, I, I went heavy baseball or uh, football hey, wait, here. Wait a second, though. Uh, I've been seeing recently uh, the Pickle King seems to be back in action, ramping up pickle sales. So what are the chances of maybe this um, year, in 2022, getting some pickles? It's so funny you mentioned that. I was going to bring that up uh, at some point during this segment and see if we're in line to get some pickles. Um, but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> oh, uh, either, however, you know. if, if he does come through with some pickles, I will indeed start giving him the sponsorship shout out back. We'll start playing the song and everything. I like it. I think that's fair. So three of my four headlines, I went football here. This is a football heavy show uh, outside of the baseball segment at the end. Um, and then I did, I did throw in one baseball headline so let's start with you what was your first uh football headline or baseball or whatever your first headline was yeah well i'll just give you my one total headline and then you can take it from there uh the only one i had 
not much research today by McCarty, <clears throat> but Kyler Murray, of course, I think we touched on it briefly, briefly last week. He's, he signs the 230 or $250 million deal. I think two thirty. And then some strange report comes out this week about a film study clause that he has that where he's got to study independent, independently study film, uh, a minimum of four hours per week or a certain portion of that contract is null and void. I don't know how much of the 230 million. Um, so of course there's questions about that. You know, why would you have to put that into a quarterback's contract? Now I've never seen a quarterback's contract for all I know it's common, but probably not since people are making a big deal out of it. But then Kyler Murray comes back and says, look, if you think I got to where I am without studying film, you're nuts. And I, I tend to agree with him there. Uh, but then just today, the Cardinals took that clause back out. So I don't know if that's to, to make fans feel uh, better about it or, but I, <clears throat> to I be fair, was, I think it was to make Kyler feel better about it. <clears throat> to be fair to some of the, the backlash, Kyler himself did say last year, he is never going to kill himself over film study. Uh, he says he is a, uh, a cognitive thinker on the field. He doesn't rely on film. He relies on his natural ability. So, you know, some of this is brought on by himself. Uh, I also saw a very interesting stat that I was, was pretty funny. So, you know, when, when Murray had the <clears throat> Hail Mary against the Bills there, the Hopkins, and, you know, they mm -hmm. talked about what he did after that game and the next day. He said that he went home and played Call of Duty all night long. Uh, so somebody actually looked into Kyler Murray's Kyler Murray's stats when new Call of Duty titles release and his production goes way down after <laughs> a new Call of Duty is released. They, they put all the numbers oh, up that's there. Amazing. He, so whatever scoring system they were using, he averages like 23 points per game normally, fantasy-wise. But in the month after each a new Call of Duty title is dropped, it drops down to like 17 points per game. And so they're, they're putting two and two together there. And so they're saying a little more film study, a little less Call of Duty. thought that was funny. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, one of my headlines was Kyler Murray and, you know, him just feeling very disrespected about uh, the notion that he doesn't prepare. I didn't go nearly as deep into that as you did, but uh, some good information there. All right. So my next headline, also from the NFL, uh, the Bucks may have been dealt a pretty big blow today. Their center, Ryan Jensen, was carted off the field at practice. I'm not sure if there's any more news in that. Um, but he is kind of the, the centerpiece of that offensive line. And we all know that Brady succeeds when he has time to throw and like most quarterbacks struggles when he doesn't. So that could be a really big loss to that Tampa Bay team and their hopes of winning the Super Bowl in this year that JLo gets married. So. Yeah, it is a big loss. And I think, you know, it, a lot of times when an offensive lineman goes down, gets hurt, you, there's not big headlines on it just because it's not the the flashy names or the flashy yeah. players. But the it's bottom line the is, next guy but the bottom line is losing. If you've got a good, you know, Pro Bowl caliber offensive lineman, losing that person it can be just as detrimental as losing a big time wide receiver, running back, etc. So it is a big blow. Yeah. Again, we'll see if it ends up being season ending. But a lot of times you hear cart and and offensive lineman. Uh, third, fourth day of practice, it's not usually a, a, a good ending. 
Yeah. Uh, I'd be shocked if he doesn't miss at least the first, you know, six or eight weeks of the season because I imagine I'll end up on the pup list unless they're just being overly cautious. Uh, my next headline, uh, still a football headline, a uh, little bit of a surprising headline coming out of Washington, the commander's tight end, Antonio Gandy-Golden, uh, a second-round pick in 2020, a tight end, uh, retires and is going to go back to college. Not to play football, but to get his degree because he is done with football, he says. And, of course, a lot of people are making jokes that he's doing this because he went through a practice with Carson Wentz and saw how well or how not well Carson Wentz throws a football and has decided to retire and go back to school instead of trying to catch passes from Carson Wentz. Well, one correction, he's not a tight end. He's a... He's a smaller wide receiver, but um, yeah, he went to Liberty University. So I, he was when he came out, he was one of the higher draft picks of all time for Liberty uh, when he came out in the second round there. So I was all excited and rooting for him, but never really got a whole lot of playing time. Got hurt early on. I think I think his career, he's had one catch for three yards or something like that. I, I saw. Uh, you know, so just between injuries and just not really being good enough to get on the field. Of course, that's always the, like when you draft a player out of a university like Liberty, a small where you're just playing small time competition. You can put up huge numbers, but sometimes you find out that, you know, they, they were playing against people that were just less athletic. And then you get to the NFL and that's just not the case. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, he thinks that's the best move for him and not that. Good for him for going back to school to try and finish up his uh, degree and all that. And I guess he's figured out early on that um, he needs to take a different path. So I applaud him for going back to get his degree, but a, a quick career for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was a little surprising being his second round pick. Um, and my, my last headline, I did go baseball here. Uh, the trade deadlines are on the corner, uh, middle of next week. Um, and the Yankees make the first move. They get Andrew Benintendi from the Royals. And, of course, then my co-host, Mr. McCarty, instantly picks him up. Yes, who am I picking up? I was Not looking Andrew up Benetton. Antonio. Oh, yes, yes. Well, Ooh. you know, I had him before, and then you told me he wasn't going to the Yankees, so I dropped him, and then he went to the Yankees, so I picked him back up. Wait, now, I'll give him a yeah, shout-out. Uh, uh, come to find out, the Yankees are so desperate to move on from Joey Gallo they didn't even talk to Benintendi about the potential of him getting vaccinated because, of course, the Yankees play in the AL East, and uh, that's where the Blue Jays play, and the Yankees have to go to Toronto, and unvaccinated players currently are not allowed to go to Canada. Benintendi is not vaccinated. So let's say the Yankees play the Blue Jays in the playoffs. Benintendi cannot currently play in that series when the games are in Toronto. Now it looks like only, right. you know, if it's a best of seven series, only three of the games could be in Toronto because the Yankees are currently ahead of them. Uh, but still th that can be a very big deal when a guy who they traded mostly lower level pitching prospects for, but still a guy you just traded for, if he can't play in half a series, that could be a very big deal. Yeah. Although I would say that, Ben Intendi, even on the bench, is going to be more productive than Gallo in any given series. Uh, you know, so I, it's a it's a win win there. And look, I got to go back to Antonio 
Gandy Golden. I've got to fact check both of us. I've got to fact check myself. He actually is a tight end now. He was a wide receiver in college, but you were correct. They turned him into a tight end when he got to the pro. And But the other piece, he's not a second-round pick. He's a fourth-round pick. So, you know, not quite as much draft stock there as the, as the second round, but. Well, what's what's fantastic about this is I got all my information from I don't know what news source. I almost want to say it's on ESPN, and it did say he was a round two pick, and it did say he was a tight end. So, either way, I mean, really, it was more just taking a shot at the Commanders than it was anything about Antonio Gandy Golden. But you know, I think we do a whole segment on Antonio Gandy Golden. I like to say his name a lot, AGG. So. All right, let's go into kiss or kick. I said anything here, even off the beaten path. So I had a little fun with this. I have no idea what you did. Quite honestly, it doesn't matter to me. I always Um, have fun. Well, I mean, sometimes I had a little more fun, I think, tonight than I normally do. I actually did my research in 22 minutes this afternoon, so perfect. All right, what's your first one? All right. Well, like you said, I had a little fun here. And since uh, we're talking a little NFL heavy here, fantasy football and really quarterback heavy. So I went quarterbacks here and I went basically I'm going to give you a choice of movie quarterbacks. Pretend for a second that the NFL has gone on strike. You're the GM and you've got to get a quarterback, but you can't find an athlete. So you you can only select a uh, a movie quarterback to start your franchise. First up, I'm going to give you a real uh, softball here, a freebie. Um, are you taking uh, kiss or kick? Taking Paul Crew, played by both Burt Reynolds and Adam Sandler in the yard, longest yard, longest yard over Frank Cushman, who's played by Jerry O'Connell and Jerry Maguire. I'm going to be taking Paul Crew, either Reynolds or Sandler, um, over Jerry Maguire's quarterback. Yeah, like I said, it's a freebie there. All right, so my first one, I went a little different completely here. Kiss or kick? Miller and McCarty being a competitive team on The Amazing Race. Oh, oh no. Uh... Well, that's a tough one. You know, I'm confident. I'd like to. I'd like to kiss this, but I just no. I can't. I. I don't think. I, I've got to kick that. All right. So we are now applying for the amazing race. You. You realize you, this, right? I mean, look. You could probably carry us, uh, but just outdoors in general, and me, not a not a big fit, not the best fit. So the, I, I'm not sure how I would fare there. The only way we'd be in trouble is if there was something to do with snakes. Um, I don't do snakes. I don't want to be near them. I don't like to see them unless they're behind glass. If I have to touch one, I'm not going to. Um, you know, so like Fear Factor, I'm out on. But uh, I think the Amazing Race, I think we'd be fine. I, I think I think we're competitive enough where I think that, that we would find ways to overcome our deficits. I think that we get along well enough where we could communicate through it. And there are no traits, so I don't think we'd get too heated with each other. So I think we'd be okay. But I'm fine with you kicking it, too. I mean, that's why I asked you the question. Next up for you, kiss or kick, taking Johnny Moxon, played by James Vanderbeek in Varsity Blues, over Shane Falco. 
uh, quarterback played by Keanu Reeves in The Replacements. Oh, no, oh, sir. Oh, boy. No, sir. I'm taking Shane that? Falco all day. Uh, and the reason I'm taking Falco is because of one scene and one scene only. That man went under the water and was throwing the metal football under the water, preparing to dominate <laughs> the NFL as a replacement player. Moxie, Moxie Moxon, as I, I will refer to him from here on out, couldn't barely hang on to the job and was not a very good leader at times throughout that movie. You too. Now, you, now you. he did pass up temptation with the all always famous whipped cream bikini. So, <laughs> yes, well, you know way too much about these two films, so I'll say that. Uh, I enjoy both of these films quite a bit. Uh, as a matter of fact, the film I know least about that you've brought up is Jerry Maguire. I've watched it twice. Which I know the most about, yeah. But that's why it's a great show. It's yin and yang. <laughs> all right. So this this next question for for you, sir, brings in all four of us: myself, you, Blades, and LTG. Kiss or kick? This being the breakdown of the four of us, if we were to take over in Practical Jokers, Blades being Q, McCarty being Sal. LTG being Murr and Miller being Joe. Look, you watch the show a lot more than I do. I don't even know who these people are, so I'll kiss it. I'm going to go with your analysis of what we're doing. You don't watch the show on a regular basis? I've never seen a whole episode of that show. No. Oh, my goodness. I am. I, I feel bad for I know you. It's, I know it's on so, like 24-7 on different it, channels. It, it is, yeah. So Q, Q is, a, is a retired firefighter. And he retired early because of the Impractical Jokers, the whole thing, like the, the comedy tour and the show and all that. So I think Blades being a police officer, I think they relate a little bit. Makes uh, sense. Sal uh, is the most respectful of the four, especially when it comes to like the older population and being politically correct. He's typically the most conservative. I see that being you uh, of the four okay. of us. I'm with uh, you. Uh, I don't think you'd be quite as afraid of everything as Sal is. Uh, he's really easy to punish. Um, uh, LTG being Mer, Mer's kind of the goofball. Uh, also kind of an easy target, though. Easy to kind of pick up his weaknesses. <laughs> and me being Joe, I, I'm going to be honest, I, I, my, my wife would really pick on me if she listened to the show because I think I'm Joe. She disagrees. Joe is the guy who's hard to punish um, in, unless you go after his kids. And is willing to do just about anything because he just doesn't care. Um, for me, for me, the, the punishment that would be most threatening is anything to do with snakes. And that's the reason I would never go on a show like this because all my friends know I'm deathly afraid of snakes. Um, yeah. So I'm sure my first punishment would be me sitting in a pile of snakes and I would quit the show. So <laughs> <laughs> Because if you don't do a punishment, that's what happens. All right, sir, what's your last one here? Last one, and really the, the toughest one when I was uh, looking at it, look, you're, you're going to have um, old school versus new school here. You're going to have, you know, today's scrambler with a good arm versus that cl classic pocket passer. So 
Willie Beeman from any given Sunday, or like I said, that classic pocket passer, Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Where, where are we going here? <laughs> so I believe I'm kicking it because I'm going to take Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> oh, no, don't, no, no, come on. <laughs> and I'm only doing this because I knew that that's not the way that you wanted me to go. I mean, Really, really, it's because I'm afraid that that, that Willie, right? That that was the, the guy's name, is yeah, going really. to get hurt outside the pocket, kind of like Michael Vick. So he's going to be good for two or three games, probably put up amazing fantasy numbers, and then just disappear. That's fair. I like Beeman's upside a little more than than Rico. Look, Rico throws ropes. I mean, I get it. He throws bullets out there, but yeah. all right, all right. All right, my last one, I went completely off of the sports altogether. Kiss or Kick, Eminem's best song being Lose Yourself, which was the fans' top choice in the Rolling Stone poll. Stan was second. Uh, See, if you had said Stan, I'd say definitely no. That was never my favorite. I know that was his first real... Stan was very um, well, controversial. Not, not his first big one, but the, I guess that'd be the real or the his first Slim Shady one there. Um, lose yourself. That was a big it was one. The eight mile one. It was tied into a tied into a great movie. Um, it's kind of got a, everything. Stan's really good from a story storytelling perspective, and then you've got the twist at the end and the classic. Uh, but lose yourself. That's like peak Eminem. It's tied to a movie which I liked. I I I can't argue that. So I'm 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 gonna kiss that. I I, I can go with that. Look, I, you could give me a lot of Eminem songs that that I think are great, but I I'm okay with that. Uh, I have a couple that I like a, a little more than either Stan or or lose yourself. Um, I, I think lose yourself. You have a better argument for. Stan was, like I said, Stan was very controversial. He ended up getting sued over Stan because it was so close to a, a real life situation that actually happened. Um, so it's a pretty dark, dark song for sure. It, it, it is, uh, you know. Of course, he has a few dark songs. I think Kim's probably a little darker. Um, you know, yeah, he's got uh, some outrageous ones. I was a big fan of the Marshall Mathers LP. Right, uh, yeah. the the self titled song from from that album. Uh, I was I was a big fan of that. Uh, there was Haley's song too. Uh, I like that song quite a bit. It was a little softer. It showed a different side of them, you know, from a father's standpoint. So there's a bunch of them. But all right, let's move on to odds are. Let's hear your uh, three. You love three, two, and one, sir. All right, sure. So I stuck here with the quarterback theme since that's what we're going with tonight. Uh, these were all total passing yards for this season. So I liked my number three. I liked uh, Herbert to go over 4,650 yards. He went over 5,000 last year. And, of course, all of these have a caveat. <clears throat> they have to play 17 games for this to even count. So you don't have to worry about – forget about injuries – um, if they get injured, you just get your your pickles back. Um, can't win any, can't lose any. So, assuming he plays 17 games, I, I like that a lot for him to go over 4,600. I think he'll sit around 5,000 again this year. Next one up, Tom Brady. He, even after losing his center, 
uh, for him to go over 4,525. He was another one that went over 5,000 yards last year. So assuming he's healthy, you've got the weapons there. You just added Julio. We'll see what Julio adds. But um, if he adds anything, I think he should sit around 5,000 again as well. And then my number one was Dak Prescott to go over 4,300. Again, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot there. He runs less since that injury that he had, so I, you know he, he's not going to be putting up fifty yards on the ground anymore. He's he's just going to sling the ball. So I think he can go over four three hundred pretty easily. I can't disagree with any of those. I did not go quarterback heavy here. I actually uh, stepped away from that. And uh, last week I did one of these. Uh, I did the Jets. Uh, under two division wins. And this week I did all division wins, did five different teams, three I liked, two I didn't. So the first one that I liked, the Broncos over three division wins. It's actually a minus 120. I don't see that team led by Russell Wilson going three and three in that division. I think they'll sweep the Raiders, and then I think they get the Chiefs or Chargers once. Um or each of them once. So that gets them to four, gets them over the three. And I, I like that probably the. Bit. Yeah, I, I would lean that way too. Although I think that's a pretty good number. It is. You know, you know, you can't put it at two and you can't yeah. put it at four. Like, you know, so yeah. I, um, and I, I think two and a half, everybody takes the over there. So I, I, I agree mm-hmm. that's a good number. Um, my second one, the Vikings under three and a half division wins at minus 145. Um, I mean, I, I like the Packers a lot in there, although the Vikings tend to beat the Packers as well. I see them going three and three in that division, though. I don't see them going four and two. Um, and my last one, which might surprise some people, uh, the Buccaneers under four and a half division wins, which is at plus 100 right now. I don't see them going 5-1 in that division. I know they have a lot of great pieces there, but they have a lot of great older pieces and guys with lots of miles on them. Those guys could be sitting out down, down the stretch, especially if they've clinched anything. So I don't. I see them going 4-2 in that division, not 5-1. Fair. Uh, and before I give my two that I did not like, I did have, I did have a, a bonus that I actually like. More than my other three. Uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson over 4,125 yards. I think that's pretty low uh, for Wilson. I don't – again, he's 33. He's not, not going to do a ton of scrambling. He's got a couple weapons there and receivers. Uh, I think he gets over that pretty easily. All right, the two that I did not like. Uh, Marcus Mariota to go over 2,000 – 50 yards. Now, I know you say, okay, he's a starting quarterback. Uh, if you play 17 games, how could he not go over 2,050 yards? Here's how. Uh, I think he's going to be benched by about week five or six. They'll let the rookie come in and play. But he could still play 17 games uh, because they could use him like like the Raiders did, where he, a, a player to a game, he's coming in there and running the option or the Wildcat type thing. Uh, so there's a scenario where he plays all 17 games and 11 of them are as a backup quarterback. So I don't like that bet. 
And I wonder, I, I, not to cut off, I wonder what the odds are on Mariota to win MVP. Because you know, you, you throw in, you throw in a ten a ten spot down on, on that happening, it could be. Turn, it, 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 it could turn into you losing ten dollars. Yeah, more than, more than likely. <laughs> and my number one that I did not like was uh, Trey Lance, the quarterback that I like, but for him to go over 3,475 yards, again, I just think um, I think he's going to be the starter there all year, but I think he's going to he be running a lot. He was named the starter today. Yeah, he's, he's going to be running a lot. They're going to use – that running game a lot, whether it's Mitchell or, you know, I don't know if Sermon gets any run or not, but you've got Debo there that'll get some carries as well. It's just going to be a, a primarily dominant running team, including with Lance. I think he'll get some big plays with the play action. I mean, that's going to be their game mm-hmm. is running and play action. So he's going to get some, some yardage that way, but I think it's going to be tough for him in his rookie year with their game plan or second year with their game plan for him to get around 3,500 yards passing. I'm curious to see if his name comes up again later in the show. It will. So I think my two and one here, I, I think, are m- might surprise you a little bit. So the first one, uh, number two, uh, that I don't like, Chargers over three and a half division wins. That's plus 125. That division is loaded. You um, took them to win the division, though, right? Or was that me? No, you uh, did. I may have taken them to win the division. I still think they can go three and three and win the division. Um, yeah, they, they can probably all go three and three. Yeah, I think that whole division could be, you know, four and two and two between four and two and two and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying they can't go four and two. Uh, I just think I like the Broncos at four and two better because they're at only three division wins, where the Chargers have to. And so if they go three and three, you get a push. Right. Where if, if the Chargers go three and three, like the whole division could, that's a loss. So I, I like the Broncos more. Sure. And my number one, the Steelers over two and a half division wins at plus one fifteen. Okay. So reports out of Pittsburgh are Mr. Bisky struggling and already looking to lose his job to Kenny Pickett, who by the way has the number three or number four top uh, jersey uh, selling jersey in the NFL right now. Not bad. Uh, behind Josh Allen, though, so that, that's important to note. It is. I can't argue uh, those. But I, I, I don't love Pittsburgh coming off of Ben retiring, and I, I do respect Tomlin a lot, but that division with Cincinnati and um, Baltimore, and then if Watson can play even half the year, you have to assume they're going to be at least a threat for half the season if he plays. If he now, if he suspended the whole year, I think Pittsburgh probably gets to, to three wins because they'll probably beat Cleveland twice at that point. Um, so, but yeah, so those were those were my five. All right, and that ends the pickle, and we'll be back after these messages. Episode 63, Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. We are going to jump into segment one, the NFL segment. 
I love it when you play an intro that I don't know, and I'm just <laughs> waiting for something to happen, and you nod at me as, yes. all right, uh, Jay Mills, the mullet man, you need to go. Yes, uh, for all the fans at home that can't see us on video, you are growing a mullet. It's You're off to a good start. I like yeah, where I mean, this is it, headed. It's, it, it's only taken me three months to get to this point. Not, not quite that long, but uh, my hair does not grow at an amazing speed. I don't have much hair to talk you're, about on, on the top of my head. So uh, you're it, telling it should, me it should be a long process. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure all the all the the fans will love it as as it goes. So I mean, uh, we'll probably be the third member of the Bash Brothers here soon. I like it. All right. So uh, segment one is the NFL. We did mention earlier that this is going to be a QB heavy show tonight. We are doing the top twenty dynasty QBs. Um, this was actually harder than I thought. I'm not really sure why, but it was harder than I thought. Well, I agree. And I think it's because there's just so many, this can change depending on, you know, it's, it's one thing if it's a startup league, but let's say you're a year or two in, or maybe even with a startup league, it, it how you value the kind of the, the guys that are in the early to mid thirties versus younger players in dynasty is very hard to do because if you're a win now team, if you're a rebuild team that can change those rankings a ton. Uh, now, as you'll see here, I, I, I tend to lean towards the younger guys just in dynasty. It's just what I do. Um, but uh, you know, it is hard to kind of rank, especially I think it's, it's easy to rank the top six, seven, eight, or we will probably have a different order, but we probably have similar top 10 quarterbacks. It's mm-hmm. when you start getting into that 12 through 20 range, 15 through 20, that it does become very difficult. I think there's I think there's one guy I probably have, a, I'd say five or six spots lower than you, and one guy I probably have five, six, seven spots higher than you. Um, but who knows? I mean, I don't know exactly what you're thinking. I, I guess we'll talk about it. What's your 20 through 15? Let's go 20 through 15. All right, 20 through 15, my number 20. I don't know if this is low or high. Uh, I looked at this as a pre- – perspective of if I'm drafting, uh, this is how I'd rank it. And that's why I have Aaron Rodgers at 20. If you're a win-now team, uh, Aaron Rodgers might be higher on higher on your list. That's okay. But he is 38 years old, so I don't value him a ton. Now, um, he could have a few years left. I mean, if he goes if he goes Brady status and he's playing when he's 44, 45, then he still has some value. But I put him at 20. My number 19, ahead of – Aaron Rodgers, Kenny Pickett uh, at 24. And that's, again, solely based on just being the young quarterback and, and a guy with a first-round draft stock. Who knows if he's going to be good or not. My number 18, your future Hall of Famer, Mac Jones. Oh, oh, oh. This I, is one we're going to disagree on. Great. I, I certainly don't love him like you do, but he is 23. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be like an elite top five fantasy quarterback. So uh, I'll keep him down here around 18. Number 17, you're not going to like this. I don't think Zach Attack Wilson, the head of future Hall of Famer Mac Jones, uh, again, age 23. Uh, Number 16, I surprised myself by putting this guy here because I didn't think I really liked him, but I kind of do. Derek Carr, he is 31 years old, but you've just added Devontae Adams. He's shown the ability to be an above-average quarterback so i think adding adams if waller can stay healthy etc 
I think he's good for the next three, four years. My number 15 is, and this one I struggled with because uh, I probably like him more more than a lot of people, um, but not enough to put him too much higher, and that's Tua. Uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name, but Tua with Miami, 24 years old. I just, more so than Tua, I really like the weapons he has there. And so if he's able to put anything together this year, I think he, he could put up some fantasy numbers for the next few years. Uh, we have a lot of the same names here, uh, you know, not quite all the same, but a, a lot of a lot of the same names. Uh, number twenty for me is your boy Zach Attack Wilson, um, and he's at twenty because he plays for the Jets. If I'm surprised played, you had him in the top twenty, to be honest. If 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 he played for no organization, he might be in my top fifteen. Uh, I don't trust the Jets. I don't know what they're doing in New Jersey. They're building offense around him, though. They're, they're giving him weapons. They're, they're trying to be Bill's light there with some of the Bill's staff and, uh, you know, brain trust. Uh, number 19, a uh, guy uh, I think that you had at 16 or 15, Artua. Um I, I like what Tua has around him. I just don't know if I trust Tua to stay healthy. If I thought Tua was going to play 17 games a year, I'd probably have him a little higher because I think he does have some potential. I think his potential is greater than what he's shown, but I don't know if he can stay healthy. Uh, Number number 18, you're not going to like this um, because (laughs) this guy is 48 years old. Um, It's Tom Brady. Uh, I'll be quite honest. Uh, I actually have a question about Tom Brady and Kiss or Kick, so I'm not going to give away too much here. But I think I take Tom over Zach and Tua because I think Tom's going to play another three years. Well, so that, because he can't. And, and, yeah, we don't have to touch – we'll talk about him later, like you said in yours, and there's a trade involving him, et cetera. My, why I didn't put him in here, he's probably going to have a great year. I mean, he should. You know, he's somehow somehow he has defied all odds. He plays 16, 17 games every single season. Um, but – to me, again, I really – that's where we differ, though. I think he's going to retire after this season. I don't – I think this is it. I don't think it's – just with that deal he's got on the table to go um, be an announcer, the, the 10, 10 year, hundred multiple hundreds of millions of dollars. It's like 350. He's going to be making more money as an announcer and as a quarterback. But I have a question for you. If I said to you three years from today that Tom Brady was still playing in the NFL and Zach Wilson was an announcer at Fox, would you be surprised? I would be more surprised that Zach Wilson is an announcer at Fox than Brady is playing. But also, if you told me that Brady – if I believed Brady was going to be playing in the NFL three years from now, he would make my top 20 for sure. Probably yeah. my top top 15, to be honest. So I just don't believe that's going to happen. So I, I feel like in a dynasty league, I don't want to draft a guy that I think is retiring at the end of the season, no matter how good he's going to be. I'll be quite honest. I might not have, I might not have put him in my top 20, but like Kenny Pickett, who you put in yours – I wouldn't have that guy in my top 32. I think Mitch is going to win that job. I just think in a dynasty league. Oh yeah. I don't, I think Mitch is too. I think Mitch plays this year, but in a but, dynasty league, but, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Pickett. Oh, I, I Pickett has more value in a dynasty league than Brady to me. That's all. Yeah. But if Pickett's a backup for the next five years, does he really have value in a dynasty? Well, league? that's, that's you what we, I, mean? I think, I think Trubisky's the starter for one year. I, and beyond that, no, he's done, but all that's right. just me. Let's say Trubisky starts for two, though. Does then all of a sudden Pittsburgh follow up with Pickett, and then it's another new guy? I don't know. 
Another story, another day. Number 17, you're not going to like this. I think that you'll actually not like this pick at all. It's famous Seamus Winston. He's, I'm he's, okay with it. He, he's in his late 20s. He has proven that he can throw for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He also has proven that he can throw for a lot of interceptions. Although that was pre-laser uh, eye surgery. So um, I think I like Jameis as much or more than a couple of those other guys that we've mentioned. Number sure. 16 might surprise you just because I've thrown some hate toward this guy. That's Trey Lance. Probably a lot lot higher Oof. on your list. Oh, yeah, he uh, is. Um, and like I said, uh, when I said that there's going to be one guy that's going to be lower on my list than yours and higher on my list than yours the other way, uh, they've both been mentioned. Of course, future Hall of Famer Matt Jones, you had pretty low on your list. I have him much higher on mine. And I knew Trey Lance would be much higher on yours than on mine. Uh, number 15 is Derek Carr. You mentioned him, I think, at 16. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're right about in line there. Being 31, he still has plenty of years left of playing. Getting Devontae Adams doesn't hurt. All I right. think he's, he's Derek Carr's the guy that if you're in a, again, a startup or even, uh, you know, not outside of Dynasty, a redraft, he's one of those guys, if you want to wait multiple rounds to get your quarterback, that's the guy that you can get yeah, late that I think pretty, gets you pretty good numbers every week. Yeah. I would agree with that. What's your fourteen through ten? Fourteen through ten. Fourteen. Um fourteen and thirteen. A couple of veteran quarterbacks that if they if it wasn't for the age, I would put them higher. Fourteen, I got Stafford. I only put him here because he's thirty-four. I think he does have two, three pretty good seasons left. I think he's gonna be pretty good this year. Um, you know, he's gonna finish higher than QB fourteen this year for sure. Uh, but again, we're talking dynasty. My number thirteen, uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, 33 years of age. Again, I only put him here because of the age. I think he could be put up QB five or six numbers for the next, next two, three years in Denver. Uh, my number 12, I don't know where, you're, where you have this guy, uh, if he's in your even your top 20, but I've got Justin Fields. Just because, again, he's 23 years old, and he's got the – I like guys that, as you'll see on my list, uh, they might not be the best NFL quarterback – but look, if you can if you can get passing yards and rushing, that goes a long way in fantasy. So I think no matter what Fields does, he's always got a pretty safe floor because of uh, both of those. My number eleven, another young guy, twenty two years old, and it's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, people are already ready to give up on him um, after one year with a terrible coaching staff. Um, eleven may even be too. Uh, low here you know if Lawrence does what he was supposed to uh, then he might be a top eight dynasty guy and my number 10 a guy that as we'll talk about in our trades and whatnot I've just been uh, reading a lot more on I'm all about him I'm going Jalen Hurts here again much better fantasy quarterback than NFL quarterback I tend to think he's going to come out and do good things this year last year uh, through week 13 QB2 got injured and he was no longer but the, the bottom line was when he was healthy he was the the number 2 fantasy player uh in the NFL and you can't really deny that now he's again we talked to he's a much better fantasy player than he is NFL quarterback so the concern is if he's not very good the eagles have a couple first rounders next year do they do they go out and replace him with another quarterback that's the that's the concern there um but you can't deny he was elite 
for 13 uh, of the 17 weeks. I'd say better, well, if we were – Yeah, if this was, if, better than Mahomes, better than Herbert. But, I mean, it is what if, it is. If this was the 1970s, that would be an awesome season. Unfortunately for him, we're in the 2020s, and we play 17 games. So having a great 13-game season means nothing. Um, no, it means nothing. but It, it does. I, I mean, because – Jalen Hurst didn't make my top twenty. That's outrageous, to be honest. He, he did not outrageous. make my top twenty. Outrageous. Most uh, things you look at, he's ranked around five or six in a dynasty. Like I put him a little lower just because, again, I don't know that he's going to retain his job. But I, how are you denying that before an injury he was QB two for three quarters of a season? Like what? Here's here's the thing. Uh, again, looking long term, looking at his skill set. Um, I think he's going to struggle to stay healthy. Um, I obviously trust someone like Tua, who has also struggled to stay healthy. I, I trust Tua more than I tr- trust Jalen Hurts. Um, I think the Eagles could be a Super Bowl contender if they had a different quarterback. Uh, Jalen Hurts is not that guy. I don't trust Jalen Hurts. Um, it's the reason I pick on LTG so much about the Eagles and, and their chances. And of course, now I can start picking on you a little bit because you are now a closet Eagles fan. I but, am. I um, I I was with you with Jalen Hurts until I actually looked at the numbers, the data. He's pretty good. <laughs> he put up some huge fantasy numbers, and I yeah, don't know but, why. It's kind of like McNabb in the sense that not the greatest passing quarterback. I get that, and he's his per, his um completion percentage is what everybody gets on. Um. But I don't know. I just don't know how you deny the fact that he's outscoring Mahomes for three quarters of a season, but we're going to put Mahomes in the top three, I'm assuming, for both of us, or top five at least. Yeah, but again, three quarters of a season isn't a season. I mean, I can – you can go you, through – you, you, can you, you can go through history and you can point out teams that were, you know – uh, wasn't it the Steelers uh, just two years ago started the season thirteen and zero and then uh, lost their last five game or last yeah five games because they lost the first game in the in the postseason as well. Um, it was their first twelve games and then they lost their last four regular season games in their first game of playoffs. So they finished twelve and five. I mean, three quarters of the season they were the best team in the league, but then they were out in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, is that a good season or is that just, you know, a, nope. a, a really good stretch of a season and then they show their true colors? Sure, although I, I'm not quite um, – again, I'm not going to ever argue that he's going to be a great NFL quarterback, but this is the fantasy world. Well, yeah, but in the fantasy world, the most important part of the fantasy world is a player who's available. It's something that, that you know, I've talked to Blades about for a couple of years about Mike Trout, and it's happening again this year. Mike Trout's a great fantasy player for the first time of the season. I'm just, I'll be interested and to see then, uh, then if you've – come if you've, playoff time, he disappears. Sure. Now, can if we're talking, you're on, sure. If we're, if we're talking injuries, I'll be interested to see that. And I'm assuming Burrow's not in your top 20 because he missed a season. He got injured. You know, He had far worse injuries than – he's yeah, been more injured than Jalen Hurts. So he, he shouldn't be in your the, top 20. The difference between Burrow and, and Hurts is, is Burrow got hurt uh, because he didn't have an offensive line. It wasn't because he was running around. Jalen Hurts relies on his legs so much more than Joe Burrow does. Now, someone like Josh Allen, who is in my top three, um, scares me because – 
he doesn't always protect himself. He's a big boy. He obviously can take a hit, but he scares me more than someone like Justin Herbert, say, who's also in my top three. But um, Jalen Hurts relies so much on his athleticism and his legs. And, and again, you know, someone like Michael Vick, for example. Michael Vick was amazing at his peak. Amazing fantasy numbers. Although didn't he never had a top even 20 fantasy numbers by fantasy numbers statistically. Um, but he was fun to watch, put up, put up numbers, you know, even helped teams win championships at times. But because of the injuries and then after, you know, all the miles he put on himself and, of course, with him, there was the dogfighting situation. But he eventually faded very quickly. And mm-hmm. unfortunately for Jalen Hurts, unless he can prove to be a better passer, I think you're going to see the same thing. There's another guy that's going to I'm going to talk about here in, in this part of the list for, for myself that – I also like, and I think he he has uh, had a, he, he's had a top five season, I believe, or top ten season for sure. But just the fact that he runs so much and relies on athleticism, I think that's going to fade over the next couple of years. And that's Lamar Jackson, who I will tell you where he's at my list here in a second. All right. All right. So uh, 14 through 10 for me. 14, Justin Fields. He did make my, my top 20. I know you brought him up. Um, again, he's only 23. I think Chicago could build around him. If they do it all, I think it'll be all right. 13 through 11 for me, I kind of went older guys. Uh, A.A. Ron Rogers at 13. Matthew Stafford at 12. Wilson at 11. Um, I think a lot of this depends on the type of team you're building when it comes to a dynasty league. All three of those guys you could probably get for a little cheaper. And if you're building a great skill position team at running back, wide receiver, tight end, et cetera, and then you can get one of those veterans for a little less to kind of fill the gap over the next couple of years, I think you could find yourself in a couple of championship games. And number 10 for me is Lamar Jackson, uh, which is a little low on most lists. Lamar yeah, Jackson is actually in the top five on a lot of lists. Mm-hmm. But again, the fact that he relies so much on his legs and athleticism, and we've seen him have a top, you know, a top 10 all-time fantasy season for a quarterback, but we've also seen him then average 14 points a game in, in a season for a quarterback So by standard scoring. So I think when, when you really look at that and you look at everything combined, I, I like consistency, which which is kind of – I set this up oh, you, when, you. When, when we were doing your kiss or kick and you asked me, you know, that, that – uh, Scrambling quarterback first year classic pocket passer, and I took the yeah, you took Uncle Rico, yeah, over a good right. over today's quarterback. I, yeah, I got you. That's right, because you know, I knew we were going to get into this debate, and here we are. All right, what's your nine through five? Nine through five, my number nine, you had him lower. It's Trey Lance, I like him more than you do. He's 22 years old again, don't know if he's going to be great. Uh, passing quarterback or not, but the bottom line is in today's game, he is going to be the proto, uh, the prototype where he's running around a lot. Um, good, uh, good offensive line. He's young. He's got some weapons. So he, a pretty safe floor. Uh, now, again, I, I get what you're saying that Lance isn't going to be running around at 32. Like he's not going to be Brady. So he's not going to give you 20 years. Of you're you're looking at a four, five, six year uh, window here, 
and, and even like we were talking about with Hertz, with you're talking about with Lamar Jackson, but I'm taking their four, five, six year window over a ten year window, um, or a when you're talking about Rodgers or Brady who has less than a two or three year window left um, in the dynasty league. I'll, I'll take double or triple that. My number eight, uh, the uh, most uh, the uh, elderly of the 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 rest of the group I got left is Dak Prescott. Um, again, he just, he's going to throw the ball around barring injury. I think he'll be pretty good. And he's still probably got a good four or five years of pretty good football left. What were we going through six? Ah, through five. Through five. Okay. Number seven. I didn't want to put him here. I actually wanted to put him lower, uh, Deshaun Watson. But the bottom line is if Deshaun Watson is playing, he is top five, top three upside. He still is only 26 years old. Uh, I think he's going to be done. I don't think he's playing this season. Now, I could be certainly could be wrong. It could be a six game suspension or eight. At the very least, you're missing him for probably half the, half the year. Um, so I, but even if he comes back, let's say he is suspended. At what I think is going to be the max for a whole year. He's still only 27 years old. Uh, Cleveland is going to build around him. They went and traded for him for a reason. Uh, he's going to be pretty good. Number six, you had him lower at 10, I believe, uh, Lamar Jackson. I, I feel like when I was looking at his age, I was expecting him to be 27, 28 by now because I feel like we've been talking about him forever. He's still only 25 years old. Yeah, he's, um, in that, he's in that Mahomes, Allen Type range, 25, I don't disagree with you that he has those games where if he's not, if, if all he's given you is rushing yards, then yeah, it's 14 points, 15 points. So you're going to have those low floors with Jackson. And then you have this really big 30 to 40 point games where he's putting it together in the air as well. And and those are, uh, he had an MVP season, um, but but I don't he falls somewhere in between for me. But the the bottom line is I like those scrambling quarterbacks. He's twenty five years old. My number five uh, guy we talked about in the headlines, Kyler Murray, only twenty four years old. I actually think he has a little bit better arm than Lamar Jackson. Um, Lamar Jackson's probably a better rusher. I'll give I'll give Kyler uh, Kyler the edge when it comes to the passing game. Um, so I've got him at five. All right, so for me, number nine, a guy you had much lower, future Hall of Famer, Mac Jones. Oh, my goodness. Top ten? This is why I feel better about Hurts being on your top 20. You just don't know what you're talking about at this point with Mac Jones. Um, (laughs) So, Mac Jones, again, I'm not saying he's going to be Tom Brady. I'm not, but – Bill Belichick is going to follow that same model when it comes to Matt Jones. Matt Jones showed flashes last year, had over 300 yards, four touchdowns. He had those weeks where he was absolutely brilliant. And then he had weeks where he looked like a rookie, including in the playoff game against the Bills. Um, The thing that hurts Matt Jones most is that he's in the Bills division. And for the next few years, the Bills should be really good. But you know the Patriots are going to rebuild there, especially if Belichick stays. So... Yes, I'm at nine. I knew it would be much higher than you, but I like him. I would take Mac Jones head and shoulders above Jalen Hurts every single time. Um, in, I wouldn't. In I fantasy. Wouldn't, 
I wouldn't exactly. argue that in the NFL so much. I would heavily argue. He was so limited with what he can do with the football. But, uh, but that was that was Bill Belichick controlling a rookie. Um, it was Belichick. It was Belichick doing what he needed to do to make him be efficient. In other words, if he had, if that was, if Belichick had Justin Herbert. I don't think he's limiting him to three passes in a playoff game. That's all I'm saying. I think Belichick understands that he is not great. Well, just me. He's he wasn't he he wasn't look at Josh Allen as a rookie. And again, I'm not saying Mac Jones can be Josh Allen either, but Josh Allen as a rookie compared to what Josh Allen did in his second year or night and day. Yeah. Give give Mac Jones time to learn under Belichick. He's gonna be fine. I might even have him a little too low on this. It's number eight, Trevor Lawrence. I know you, you you had him a little lower than this. You actually said that you could see him being number eight on a list or in the top eight. Um, I have Lawrence number eight. Uh, I like Lawrence. I think he's going to be fine. Uh, he could finish higher on this list, to be quite honest. Uh, but until we see a little more from him, I couldn't put him much higher than eight. Number seven, Deshaun Watson. Uh, we You talked about him briefly. Uh, much to say about Watson. I do think he's going to miss, you know, eight to 16 games this year. But even taking that year out, I still think he's a top 10 dynasty quarterback. Uh, and who you could probably get very cheap if and when his suspension is announced. Number six, Dak Prescott. I know you had him a little lower. Um, but I, I like Dak, especially with that offense in Dallas. Uh, Zeke is back per Zeke. Uh, he's yeah, gonna be okay. much, every he's year, gonna be, every year he's, he's back. He's going to be much more explosive. You know, he he, right. was, he was hindered by the injury of last year, so he wasn't quite as explosive. Couldn't, couldn't explode out of the backfield like he wanted, so he's back. And number five, I agree with you here, Tyler Murray. I have a feeling four through one are going to be the same for us. I don't know if they'll be in the same order, but let's go the, four, four, this. Two, three, two, two, one, one. All right. Yeah, I do, I do not think they'll be in the same order. My number four, Joe Burrow, who, again, I don't think should make your top 20 since you're not counting people that have been injured before. Um, I, 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 I did not say I wasn't counting people that have been injured. I said that so people I, who have a tendency to run I expect and, Trubisky, uh, are, I, I, are, are reckless with their bodies. I expect Trubisky is your number four. Uh, Joe Burrow. My number four, I don't know what else to say about it. That's just where he's at for me. Uh, my no- J- Joe Burrow, we're going back and forth here. Joe Burrow is also my number four. Who's your number three? My number three, maybe surprise, maybe not. Maybe you have this too. I've got Patty Mahomes here dropping to three. I also have Patrick Mahomes at number three, yes. We are in agreement thus far, uh, mostly because – and Patrick Mahomes can make us look silly. He could finish number one this year and next. Sure. Uh, but he has to prove himself after losing uh, – you know, our top weapon like Tariq. Yes. Um, Kelsey getting a year older. He's not going to have the same offensive line. So I just want to see how he comes out. And there's two guys that I like more long-term over Patty. So this will be interesting. Um, my number two. You're going to put Josh Allen here because you I am. Him. And, well, here's why I'm putting Josh Allen here. You brought it up earlier. Look, I have no – and to be fair, if I had the number one pick and I needed a quarterback, um, I would take Josh Allen just because of my love for Josh Allen and the Bills. However, looking at it from the outside, Allen's 26, Herbert's 24, so you do have a couple years difference. Um, and you talked about 
Allen scares me just a little bit with, I feel like every, there's more injury risk for Allen because he runs around. He's getting better at knowing when to slide, but Allen is a competitor. And sometimes he just, instead of getting, taking a yard or two less, he goes headfirst into a defender. Like he needs, he needs to knock that off. Um, and so just with that, Herbert's, you know, in his, what, second year, he put up 5,000 yards passing. So I just feel like Herbert, if you're talking about who's going to be better at age 34, I think Herbert's a touch safer play. But again, I, you could flip-flop these guys all day. I have no problem with with Allen being number one. I'm just giving Herbert the slight edge being two years younger and his style of play, I think, is going to last longer. I could see Herbert going that Brady route where he's playing it almost, you know, in his forties. Um, listen, uh, Herbert Schmerbert, it's Herbert's two, Allen's one, Jay 17 all day. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I bleed blue and red, uh, Bill's mafia. It's a thing. I know you've moved to Tennessee and lost some of that, and you know you now have some Tennessee colors running through you as well. Um, so I understand why. why you put Herbert at, at one over Jay. Sounds like I put no, Tannehill in my top twenty. <laughs> um, I actually considered putting him in the top twenty, until I realized we weren't talking about their spouses, so uh, he the, did not the, make it. I knew you um, were going Allen at one. I just had to have some type of difference yeah, here. Um, listen, I as soon as you said that we would be different in the top four, I knew that you had – and then you said Burrow at four. I knew that you had Herbert at one because I I knew you would have Herbert and Allen one, two. I knew we'd both have Mahomes three once you had Burrow at, at, at four. I almost put Burrow at three, um, but that season that Burrow missed made him four. Um so I don't I don't hate it. It ruins one of my kiss or kicks because you already answered it. Um, maybe not though, because I, I did throw a little bit of a curveball in there. So, oh surprise bonus! Miller's yeah, big wait, wait. I saw this on the agenda. I was like, oh my, oh my goodness, what's what uh, is this? So uh, you and I were recently talking. And I believe the comment was made that we might need a, a, another a, another football league. We might need to do another draft. Oh, absolutely. Um, so the big reveal is I think it's time to create a new league. Ooh, I like it. I uh, believe it's going to be a two-quarterback league because I've fallen in love with the two-quarterback leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the scoring is going to be a little different than, than what we're currently doing. I believe the price point, the pickle buying will be less than what we're currently doing. However, yeah. the payout is going to be very top heavy. I think it's going to be, let's say we do a $50 buy-in, a, a 10-man league. It'd be a $450 and $50 payout. So first place is gets, just monopoly money. Yes. Uh, no, it's pickles. It's literally pickles. Uh, you have to pay 50 pickles to get in, and the winner gets 450 pickles, and second place gets 50 pickles. Um, so they get their pickles back. Um, something like that. Or, you know, if it's 12 team, you know, you go 500 and 100 or 550 and 50. Um, okay. So 
that's the big reveal. I think it's time to start another the the biggest obstacle is gonna be finding a time to do the draft because about every weekend from now until forever is booked. <laughs> um so more to come on that. Uh but I thought that it was a good time to announce that we are gonna do another football league. So for our millions and millions of fans, you know, get your entries in now. Send a uh, profile as to why you should be picked to be in the league, and we'll consider all applicants except for points. I guess that idea. I love it. I'm all about it. I figured you would be. Uh, I like the surprise bonus Miller's bigger view. I forgot it was in there until this very moment. So, <laughs> all right. Kiss or kick NFL Dynasty QB heavy. And uh, I'll start here. Mostly because I uh, let you start last time. All right. Kiss or kick? Taking any of the top three 2023 QBs. So you got Stroud from Ohio State, Bryce Young from Bama, Cam Ward from Washington State, over Trevor Lawrence in a dynasty format. Now, I understand Hmm. Trevor Lawrence is going to have a whole other full season under his belt. it also means another year, though. So would you take any of those top three guys? And this without knowing where they're going to go, obviously. Um, sure. So I've got, to, I've got to make this, this decision before this year happens. Yes. And uh, you know Lawrence is in Jacksonville, which is a mess at times. Although I do like Peterson down there with Lawrence. Well, hmm, that's a tough question. I'm not going to lie. At this that's point. I wrote it. Right here, right now, I think I would actually kick that. Only because I still, again, I, I this time last year, everybody was all about Trevor Lawrence. And I don't think just because the Jags had an awful year that we should completely dismiss Lawrence as, I mean, he was what? He was pick 1-1, right? I mean, he was... He was the top pick in the NFL draft. Um, and not knowing where these other quarterbacks are going to go, I can only assume one is going to go to Atlanta, uh, which I do like. You know, when you're talking about Kyle Pitts, Drake London, we'll have Cal- Kelvin Ridley back. I can say right Pretty- now, if if Stroud or Young goes to Atlanta, I probably take either one of those guys yeah. over Lawrence, unless Lawrence is just dynamite this year. It's just hard to predict, and so again, I. This time last year, everybody was all about Lawrence. So I, I don't want to just completely dismiss that because there were some coaching issues there in Jacksonville. So I'm going to – but you may have – one of those quarterbacks might go 1-1 in 2023, you know, depending on their season. So And, and if they end up in Atlanta, man, that's, that's tempting. And, of course, the other thing that you don't know is – um, a couple of these guys could have bad years. A couple other guys could have good years, and all of a sudden you're talking about three other guys. So I completely right. understand you kicking it, but I think if Stroud or Young end up in Atlanta, I would take either one of them over Lawrence at this moment. That doesn't mean I'm right because I've been wrong before, uh, but I've also been right a couple of times, uh, i.e. The, the Giants last year. Other than Jalen Hurts, but – all right, uh, I, we go uh, back and forth. Listen, Jalen Hurts 
finished not as poorly as I thought last year, but still not nearly as good as you, you want him to be. So, all right, yeah, it's your turn. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was 27 points per game, top 10 quarterback. But anyway, uh, next up, uh, I already know the answer. We, we I, I had here kiss or kick Trubisky keeping the starting job all year. I already know you're kissing that. You think he's going to be the starter for two years. Anyway, I'll just assume that's a kiss. <laughs> okay. yeah, uh, my, my volume was not working. I don't know what's going on. Yes, I, I would kiss that. Um, although a lot of reports say that Pickett is is in the lead for that job on day three. So we'll see what happens. I think I, it's it's Trubisky's uh, – It's I don't know what, what to say. It's Trubisky's job. I don't want to say to, to lose, but <laughs> – I think Pittsburgh wants Pickett to win this job, but I, Trubisky is the starter right now. They did pay him some money, not a ton, but they paid him some money. But you've got a – it's just going to be a tough for Trubisky to keep it unless he's playing really well because the fans that buy, again, week four or five, if they're not doing well, or they're 500, they're going to be wanting Pickett, and he's got first-round stock, and he'll get in there. So Trubisky's just going to have to play better than he has previously to be able to keep that job is my concern. The question is – is Ken Trubisky or Pickett perform as well as Ben did last year? Ben didn't perform very well last year. Ben was both, the reason they can both outperform ben, ben. To be honest, he was the reason that they lost games, and they they were in the playoff hunt. I don't think they ended up making it last year, and I could be wrong on that. Trubisky, but, Trubisky will keep them the most competitive this year. I mean, he just he's a veteran quarterback. Um, He's shown he can be decent. He's not going to be elite, but he can be an above-average quarterback at times. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, he, he learned from J-17. Of course, he's going to be competitive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. What's next? All right. My, I already know what you're going to say here, uh, mostly because of previous conversations, but kiss or kick, taking Tom Brady in a startup dynasty league over guys like Zach Wilson, Tua Tugaloa, and, you know, guys in that same range. Yeah, I didn't put him on his hot 20. I just traded him, as we'll get to, for your guy that you don't like, Jalen Hurts. So, I no, I, I wouldn't. Um, and that's a that's a league where I was win now. I won the last – I won last season, and I traded away Brady for a younger quarterback. So, I'm out on Brady. I think he's going to have a great year. Um, I just – again, I'm confident he's going to retire after the season. I'm trying to get rid of him, and, and I'm not even saying I'm not even saying that you're wrong. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss that trade a little bit later. What's your number two? All right, some quarterbacks that we haven't talked about somehow on here. Uh, kiss or kick Matt Ryan outscoring Carson Wentz. Oh, I kiss that all day. Um, I like I Carson Wentz. I like Carson Wentz a lot. I do not like Carson Wentz in Washington. Because I don't like Washington. We've talked about some of Washington's "quote unquote" stars, or at least you know their uh, skill position player talent. Uh, Antonio Gibson, uh, McLaren. I don't like either of those guys very much. Definitely not as much as others, uh, including you. Um, I do like what they have going on in Indy with the best running back in the world, um, Jonathan Taylor, who I finally came around on. And a couple of their skill positions, Michael Pittman, etc. So I would take Matt Ryan and in Indy over Carson Wentz in Washington. 
I'd probably lean that way. Although I think it's going to be, cl- I actually like Wentz's weapons a lot more than I like Ryan's. I like Pittman, um, but I McLaurin's better than Pittman. And the the bottom line is they have Jonathan Taylor. They're going to give the ball to him 25 times a game. It's going to limit what Matt Ryan can do. And I just Wait, think. Could that be a good thing? I mean, would you rather have Taylor running 25 times and Ryan throwing 20 or have Wentz throwing 35 and Gibson getting near 15? Well, I mean, if we're talking about for fantasy points wise, give me the guy that's going to throw more passes. Uh, I like, I don't think. But if half Andy, of them go to the other team, it's not going to work out. Well, fair. But Indy doesn't have another wide receiver. I actually like Dotson. Uh, but yeah, it look, they're both. Matt Ryan is the better quarterback. Um, I think Wetz has a couple more weapons receiving wise, but. Neither of them will be great. I, I like Indy's old line a lot better than Washington's. Yeah. Agree with that. All right. Uh, I think I know the answer here because we talked about uh, all three of these guys. Kiss or kick, taking Justin Herbert over Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes at the same price point in a dynasty salary cap startup. Well, again, um, I so will. I'm saying that they're all. $55. Right. I will kiss it, although, again, if if it's my pick, I would pick Josh Allen, but that's kind of Buffalo Bills biased. So, if so would you then definitely take Herbert over Mahomes? Yes. Because at the same price point, I don't know that I would – in a dynasty startup right now. I think long-term, I think Herbert has more value than Mahomes, but I think in a dynasty startup, if all things are equal, they're the same price. I think I still take Allen and Mahomes over Herbert. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, all three of them, they're in their own tier. You oh, know what I mean, absolutely. And, and the great thing about it is in our one, two quarterback league that we currently have before this new one starts, um, I have Allen and Mahomes, so good luck. Oh, I have Jonathan Taylor in that league, too. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you, he says. Uh, well, yeah. I'm pretty sure Allen and Mahomes came to me via you. <laughs> they did. They did, but, you know, injuries happen. You just Yeah, absolutely. If one of them get hurt, I'm in trouble. I'll just get the number one pick, and I'll draft some other guy that's going to help me next year. All right, we're ready. Okay. Last one right over here. Yeah, uh, it's yours. Kiss, kiss or kick Tom Brady making Julio Jones relevant in the fantasy world. Oh, absolutely. That dude, that dude made Antonio Brown relevant in the fantasy world, and Antonio Brown ran off the field, tore his jersey off, and you know, flexed on his way out of the stadium as he ran down the highway. So, yeah, I think, I think Tom Brady can make just about anyone relevant. I think Tom Brady is going to make – the tight end that uh, Kyle Rudolph that we talked about last week relevant yeah. in Cameron fantasy Bray. circles. I love Cameron yeah. Bray. <laughs> you love Cameron Bray. I love Kyle Rudolph. Um, he's probably going to make all five of those in plus format. All of them are going to be relevant because I mean he might make Ronald Jones relevant. And Ronald Jones doesn't play there anymore. Yeah, as long as he's on the field, I agree. But I mean, Julio has basically not played football for two years, so we'll just depends on if he can get on the field. You know, this could be a situation like uh, Chad Ochocinco, who struggled to play with Tom Brady at about the same age that Julio is. 
you know, uh, Ocho Cinco struggled to to gel with Brady and struggled with Everyone thought it was going to be a great fit, myself included, and it just didn't work out because sometimes, sometimes guys' attitudes really matter. Now Julio is playing with Brady in Tampa and not in, not in New England, so I think that helps him. I don't know that Julio would fit in in New England with Belichick and Brady, but we're not talking about the New England Belichick and Brady. So yeah. All right, I think that wraps up segment one, and we'll yeah. be back with off the beaten path. Welcome back to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. All right, episode 63. We are on segment two, Off the Beaten Path. So we're going to talk here. Again, it's the quarterback and the NFL heavy show. We're going to talk about top 10 fantasy quarterback seasons. We're going to jump right into it here. So Miller, 10 through 7, sir. 10 through 7. All right, number 10. 2014 Andrew Luck only 439.9 points, but it was a nice, it was a nice, well-rounded season where he scored well in the playoff weeks. Um, that's something I paid attention to when I was looking back through some of these seasons is how they scored at the end of the year. Um, there's a very obvious number one choice as far as most points in the season go that I did not put in the number one spot because in the playoffs they really stunk. And I know this because I own him in a couple of leagues, including one league where I was undefeated and then lost in the first round of playoffs because he scored 12 points. Gotcha. Uh, number nine, 2004 Peyton Manning, 458.6 points. Pretty evenly distributed, unlike the Manning that we'll discuss later. That's two references to Manning. Uh, <laughs> uh, number eight, 2004 Dante Culpepper, 450.6 points. Some of his biggest games were in the playoffs. This was the Culpepper yep. Moss connection. Yeah, um, he won people a lot of championships, and actually, uh, in the playoffs, outscored Peyton by a little bit. And if you paired Culpepper and Moss, like I actually did in that season in a big in my one big league, uh, there was a lot of championships won based off the two of them. And number seven, 2015 Cam Newton, 465.6 points, led to the commercial, of course, that is kind of where we got our our team name from. Our, our team name in softball is your mom's favorite team. And, of course, in that commercial, the little boy says that he's going to become his mom's favorite player. And uh, that's kind of where we got our team name from. So that season led to that commercial, which is special to us. So I put that in the number six or seven spot. All right, so we actually have three of the four the same here, interestingly enough. Now, I will tell you this on the front end as a disclaimer. I wanted to – I did not pick any player twice. So if somebody you – know, there's you took, guys them, in, you took them out? There's guys in here like, you know, Peyton Breeze, whoever – that Brady that could have made multiple – I only took one guy twice, and that was Peyton. Okay, fair enough. So my number 10, 2011, Matt Stafford – uh, and this was kind of the the um, the benchmark for me, whether it was, you know, at least 40 touchdowns, somewhere around 5,000 yards, et cetera. But anyway, 2011 Stafford had 5,100 yards, 41 total touchdowns. Uh, you went the fantasy points 
with it here, which is which is good. I'm just giving you some yards and some touchdowns. My number nine, uh, you had him on your list, Andrew Luck, uh, 2014, 5,000 all-purpose yards and 43 touchdowns. Our number eight and seven are the same. 2004, Dante Culpepper had over 5,000 yards all-purpose, 41 touchdowns. And then in 2015, Killer Cam Newton, 4,500 yards, 45 touchdowns. Just every time he was inside the 10-yard line, just vulturing running back touchdowns going in on his own. Six through whatever we do here. Four, six through four, then three, two, one, we go back fourth. Number six, 2011, Drew Brees, 481.3 points. It's kind of the the breakout um, for Brees down there in New Orleans. Um, Number five, a guy that we've talked about a couple times, Lamar Jackson, 489 points in in only 15 games. Um, Yeah. that was his uh, MVP season. 20, MVP 2019. Candidate. Yeah, it was 2019. Um, and number four, 2011, A.A. Ron Rogers, 485.9 points, also in only 15 games. I tell you what, I mean, we are just in sync here. Uh, my number six, 2011, Drew Brees, 5,476 yards passing, 47 touchdowns. My number five, you had him at four, but 2011, A.A. Ron Rodgers, 4,643 yards passing, 48 total touchdowns. And my number four, I had 2019, Lamar Jackson, 4,400 yards, 43 touchdowns. What is your number three? Number three, 2007, Tom Brady. What a season. This was the, the, the 50 touchdown season, as I remember it, right? The first 50 touchdown season. Yes. Uh, he's, he had 496.2 points. That was also with Moss. Uh, won a lot of fantasy uh, uh, playoffs for folks. So that was my number three. What was your number three, sir? Our, our, our top ten has never looked this similar. 2007, the GOAT, Tom Brady, 4,800 yards, 52 total touchdowns. What is your number two? Number two, 2013, Peyton Manning. This was with the Broncos, so I gave you a Colts Manning. Now I'm giving you a Broncos one. He scored 528.7 points, which is the most in this scoring format um, over the last, I think, ever, honestly, but over the last 30 years for sure. Um, but, again, in the playoffs, that was the year, his, his first or second year in Denver, and we found out he couldn't play in the cold weather. Um and he really struggled in the fantasy playoffs. The, I went 14-0 and 0 and then lost in the semifinals when he scored 13.6 points. Yeah. And he only yeah. scored that because he threw two touchdowns and he had about 20 yards and, I think, four interceptions. So, <laughs> yes, I remember that. Um, I had him in a league, too. Uh, so, yeah. So that's why he didn't make it to number one because of – the playoff performance, and obviously this being a fantasy show and us looking at the fantasy numbers, the playoffs matter. So that's why I put them at two and not one. That makes sense. We probably flip-flop these in, or maybe not. But my number two is 2018, Patty Mahomes, 5,100 yards, 52 touchdowns. So no spoiler here. My number one, 2013, Peyton, 5,477 yards, 56 touchdowns. I get what you're saying, though, about the fantasy playoffs. And why you would take him out of that one spot, but that was the greatest, uh, certainly regular season uh, by a quarterback ever. 
What's it, your number it one? It was indeed. So my number one was Mahomes, who only scored 12.3 points less than Manning. Uh, the biggest difference is, is that Manning's was very front-loaded in those early months, uh, and then he slowed down as the weather got colder, where Mahomes was consistent throughout the whole season. Um, and for that reason, I gave him the number one spot. And I didn't want our list to look exactly the same because it's pretty easy when I put a top 10 list. And I, I realized this after I sent it and I started doing the research. I put a top 10 list of top 10 fantasy seasons by a fantasy quarterback. If you go look up the top 10 fantasy seasons of fantasy quarterback, <laughs> we're going to get the exact same list. So yes, you and course. I both went. You and I both went off that list a little bit, and somehow I think we still ended up with eight of the same ten. <laughs> so that being said, that ends segment two off the beaten path. That's let, let me tell you something. That, what I just wanted to get that part in before you cut me off. I know this is your segment, but what? yeah, come on. That that's how you uh, an eight and a half minute segment. That's how it's done to get us back on track. We'll be right back. To wrap up with some baseball and trades. I really wish I could cut off this recording. Welcome back to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. Sports fans of Miller McCarty, episode 63 on a Thursday night. Thursday. We're getting in this Thursday. segment <laughs> three, fantasy baseball. And, of course, we go through fantasy baseball fairly quickly. We have the, the power rankings in Hung Jury, which I'm sure only one of the two of us did. And then we are going to get into yes. a little kiss or kick. And then it's the moment you've all been waiting for. The millions and millions at home, and the two in attendance here tonight, <laughs> the fantasy trades, 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 trades. Let's go! All right, week 15 power rankings. I have a couple of changes in my power rankings. Someone does them, I'm going to rattle these off fairly quickly. All right, number eight, Blades. Blades drops number eight. He was at number five or six last week. Dropped him all the way down to eight. I don't like the direction of where Blades is going. Not saying that his team is bad. I think that he set himself up for the future if his guys are ever healthy, which they won't be because he's counting on people like Fernando Tatis Jr. and Mike Trout. So yeah. um, I have Blades at eight. Number seven, Joe Boo. Uh, I, I don't love Joe Boo's team, but I like it more than Blades at this point. Um it's very possible after this week, Joe Boo is winning our division, and no one knows how. All right, number six, the Shiva. Last week, I actually had a kiss or kick about the Shiva and I making the playoffs. I think it's going to happen. I have the Shiva at number six. Uh, number five, I actually dropped you down to number five here. You suck. I agree. I do suck. I am not even in the playoffs this moment. I have myself much higher than I should be, but I have you at number five. <laughs> number four, Suga. I could flip-flop four and three because if Suga beats me this week, clearly he should be ahead of me. Um, but I have Suga at number four. I have myself at number three. Yes, it's ridiculous. I know. I'm seven and seven on the outside looking in. But 
I have scored the, the most points in this league by, I think, 200 points at this point. Um, there's no reason my team should be as bad as it is. Uh, luck has not been on my side at all. I keep hoping it's going to change. It probably won't. I'll probably be 7 and 8 coming out of this week, and next week I'll be in the number 8 spot or maybe lower. All right, number two, Clearwater. Uh, I actually think Clearwater is still the most dangerous team in this league. I understand Carlos is 10 and 2. Uh, I have Carlos in the one spot because he still has the best record and the second most points. But I think I like Clearwater a little more than Careless. I might leapfrog him next, leapfrog the two of them or switch the two of them next week. But Careless is going to hang on to number one this week. McCarty, what are your thoughts? Can't argue with it. Um, I'm losing to Cambridge Blue Jays this week. So, yeah, you should take me out of the top eight probably. <laughs> um, Cambridge has been very competitive, especially yes. since especially since he beat Blaze. Once he beat Blaze, and I talked all sorts of smack to Blaze. Blaze did lose to two really bad teams in back to back weeks. I think he lost to Cambridge and Ice Dragons back to back weeks. And since My that only... time, Cambridge has played better than 500, 500 ball. My only problem with Cambridge, he sent a message out a long time ago saying he's ready to make some trades. I never once got. I sent this. I, I sent this guy a trade every couple of days, and there's never any counter. Or, so I, it's you know, so I, funny you say that because Blaze and I had the same conversation via text yesterday. Um, and at first, I, I realized maybe it's because I was asking for people that were not his trade list. So then I started sending him offers for Charlie Morton. Right. I, I started for people that he put on his Steven yeah. Strasburg yeah. before the new injury for Strasburg. But yeah. The guys that were on his trade list, and he wouldn't send anything back. Yeah, like, and, and he refuses to respond to group me. I haven't tried to get him on fan tracks. Uh, quite honestly, the only player I truly want is Trevor Story, and I don't care what I send to him. He rejects it within five minutes, which I give him credit for that. At least he, at he, least, he at least doesn't leave it yeah, sitting there. Yeah, I'll not, give him credit. I, I give him credit for that. Um, and you know what? Like I said to Blades, I think it's one of two things going on here. Either – Either he has a very strict value chart that he uses that none of us are ever going to understand, or he's taking his time learning the league, learning the settings, and trying to make educated decisions on where to go from here. Sure. And I can respect that. Just throw a comment in there. Yeah. like uh, and, and oh. I, think that's more, I think all of us have thrown comments into our trade offers to him and have gotten no response. So I digress. All right, right into kiss or kick because why not? Why not? All right, what's your first one, sir? All right, so I I got crazy here. Uh, the other um, talk about some some texts. So just the other day, Blades texted me, um, you know, about uh, Matt Olson. He texted me randomly saying Matt Olson has outscored Vlad. Since we made that trade, yes, he he he, he sent he sent me a very similar text. It wasn't randomly because we were already talking. He then texted me and said, um, "He's not a big fan of Vlad." Now, keep in mind, two months told ago, me, told me the exact same thing, and uh, a couple months ago, he said Vlad was the greatest thing since sliced bread. So, kiss or kick, his opinion of Vlad not being that great, uh, kiss or kick that being factual. <laughs> um. 
for myself or for him? Either way, I can for him. For him. For him. I think what's happening is I think Blades is trying to set it up to try to get Vlad back. Blade is having that same remorse that he always has when he makes a trade. Batman, listen, I don't care what we think about the Buggy and Blades trade. When he got Tatis back, he overpaid. Because Tatis may never play again. The guy is a walking injury. And yes, I'm being facetious and a little overdramatic, I understand. But he gave up so much to get a guy back that after he traded him, he admitted that, hey, he's probably not going to play 162 games very often. And maybe I overvalued him. So what's he do? He goes and trades away a bunch of assets who could have made him competitive for this year. And I think that's my biggest struggle with Blades. I don't know if he's playing for this year, next year, three years from now. It's kind of like Buggy, quite honestly. The only difference is, is Blades does it all in one season. Where at, yeah, at, least I, Buggy, at least Buggy keeps telling me he's playing for next year. Yeah, and I, I had uh, told him when he texted that, I said, well, I wouldn't even disagree that Olsen probably is pretty similar or even outscores Vlad a lot of years. But it's still a dynasty league. And Vlad is 23, and Olsen's going to be 28. So, And that's exactly what I said when he started talking to me about it. I said, Vlad's 23 years old. I was like, how many guys have we seen in these leagues who we've given up on when they're young, and then they end up being stars? Dozens. Look at Garrett Cole. I drafted Garrett Cole in another league at $45 when he was at the Pirates. He was terrible. And in that league, when you <laughs> drop him, when you drop him, their salary set, he's $16 now and he averages 22 points a game. Yeah. Like, I mean, sometimes patience pays off, and I think we forget that. I, I think that Blades going to be just fine. I think Blades is having seller's remorse and is trying to get Blades back on the cheap. But we all know that's not going to happen. <laughs> it is not. But while we're talking about it, Vlad is pretty terrible. Uh, I could probably make a deal with you. Okay. All right. What's your first one? All right. My first one. Kiss or kick over three Cubs assets being traded before the deadline. Hmm. I, it depends on how you define asset. I, I would. Cubs yeah, originally, or... I, I, originally I had the word star in here, and then I realized the Cubs have no stars. I was going to say, who's the what's stars? Uh, I would define an asset as a, a player that can help another team. So I'm I kicking think they this. have three of those. I'm kicking because, look, to me, they're not even – they've already come out and said, like, they're not even – they don't want to take offers on Kyle Hendricks. Why would – why would you not take offers on Kyle Hendricks? Like uh, Kyle Hendricks is still a decent pitcher; could be good somewhere. He's in his he's getting up there. He's in his thirties. If you're not willing to listen to offers on Kyle Hendricks, then who are you going to move? I, I guess I, it's- I think that the the people that are going to get moved, and I think they're all three assets, and that's why I marked it at three. Um. I put over three, so I probably would kick this as well because I think I think Contreras, Hap, and Robertson all get moved. I think all three of them can go to a contender and help a contender. Are they assets? I Hap, I would agree. 
Uh, Contreras, yes, for sure. He's having a good year. Contreras is having a great year. Yeah, and uh, Hap's having a good year too. As is Robertson. I mean, when you look at Robertson in our our format, he's averaging between five five and six, um, which is a, a good year for a, a closer. I mean, it, I mean, you're just talking. Yeah. Probably probably go somewhere else. He's going to probably he's probably going to get knocked out of a closer role because most contenders aren't looking for a closer at this point. He, you know, but I mean, if you look at him at seven seventh or eighth inning guy that's less pressure. Um, so I, I think he's going to be fine. I mean, his points per game fantasy-wise might go down. But those are the three I had in mind. I would, and the fact that they are saying that they're not taking – I don't believe they're not taking offers on Hendricks. I believe Hendricks is available. I, I believe that whole team's available for the right price. I would hope so. All right. My number two – uh, last year, I talked to Nelson about Mets pitcher David Peterson. He told me he was the one player on his team that was untradeable. Um, told me talked, the same about, thing. talked about, you know, Cy Young type pitcher. Uh, David Peterson, you know, a guy that's he's he's pitched above his his um, draft potential his prospect potential. He's been a decent pitcher. Uh, but anyway, he said, and he said that he knows the Mets system, the farm system very well, and he knows how good David Peterson is. Fast forward a, a year later, and you sent him Moncada and for Juan Peterson. Moncada. And he gave you Peterson, and I text, because I had been trying to get Peterson, I text him and said, I said, you took Moncada for Peterson? And he and he he made the same statement saying he was a Mets farm system expert, and that's why he knew that David Peterson was not very good. So so look, I, he went from Cy Young in one year uh, to not very good as kiss or kick Nelson being an expert on the Mets farm system. That's where, that's where um, I'm going. I'm not sure Nelson is an expert on Nelson, let alone the Mets farm system. What's interesting is your first two kisser kicks are pretty much the exact same question. Kisser kick blades being an expert on baseball, and kisser kick Nelson being an expert on the Mets farm system. I would disagree. I, I think Blades knows a lot about baseball. I, 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 I do too. You know what I think Blades promise? He gets bored. He overthinks of room. You get bored, and then you take advantage of him, which we've talked about many times on this show and in the text thread. And I've said it to Blades over and over again. Um, I think Blades knows baseball very well. I just think Blades isn't patient. I, I think that's why Blades has won in other sports, like hockey, for example. He's very patient. Like he makes trades, he becomes competitive, he stands yeah. still. Uh, football, he's showing that he can do that in football. Although in sports fantasies, I don't know what he did. Um, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But uh, he has shown the ability to stay patient in other spots except for baseball. And baseball is the one thing that he really wants to win because you and I have both done. He has not. Uh, he hasn't even placed top three yet because every time he gets in the third place game, he just rolls over, which has worked out well for me because I keep winning my pickles back. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. My second kisser kick. Oh, it's a two-part kisser kick. You're going to love this. Kisser okay. kick. Juan Soto being traded before the trade deadline. Kisser kick that they should do it or that it's going to happen? No, that they, that they will trade him before the, the deadline. 
Look, I'm I'm hearing all the rumors. I don't buy any of it. I, I don't think there's a chance because you would have to give up like your top four or five prospects in your system, as well as probably a, a decent younger guy that's already on a roster. Um, I don't know why. If Soto was 28, 29, 30, then I would understand them doing it. But Soto is still, what, I mean, 23 years old? Yeah, he's young. Uh, like, no. I, I, I think you're hearing about it because people want to see it happen, and Washington is certainly going to be sellers. Um, so I think it sound, it's fun to talk about. It gets a good headline uh, if you're a website or whatever. But I think there's about a, a less than a 5% chance that they actually trade because I don't think um, – not that there's not teams that wouldn't give up three, four prospects for him. Um, I just, I just don't see why you would do that. I mean, uh, I, I did see one mock trade that had the Mets giving up three of their top five prospects, and then two or three major league ready player, you know, players who are in the majors, including Dom Smith, who is a hot name in New York. Um. And that would be for Soto and I believe Josh Bell. Uh, so, all right. Now, because you said kick, now I need you to pretend that you said kiss. Kiss or kick Juan Soto once he's traded, being traded to the Mets, Dodgers, or Yankees. Yeah, I've. I mean, I've seen those teams linked. I was thinking there was another. I don't remember off the top of my head. I, I know the Mets was one. The Dodgers was one. I hadn't seen the Yankees so much. Um, but the Yankees could potentially get Volpe and a, a, a couple others. But the, the, the Yankees, the main pieces were Volpe, Dominguez, and Cortez. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that gets Soto. But well, uh, there were a couple other minor leaguers and one other major leaguer in there. I just can't remember specifically who they were. But those were the those were the three that most people know: Dominguez, Volpe, and then Cortez. The Dodgers, I can see they could because they've made these big trades before with Washington. The two GMs have a, a decent relationship because they've got they got Carter Ruiz from the Dodgers. Uh, who was the other? Um, they got. They've made a couple of trades for Dodger prospects. Carter Ruiz. Oh, uh, Josiah Gray. Yeah. Uh, they got from the Dodgers, um, so they've got kind of that relationship there. But again, I just don't. I don't know that the Dodgers, even as good as their farm system is, has enough to offer what it would take to get Soto. And I don't know why you would give up Soto for even three or four of your top prospects. Everything I've seen from the Dodgers, it's it's more of their, their major guys who have already had major league experience. I've seen Bellinger, Lux, um, depending on, on which site you're on, depends on what pitcher you see. It's always a Urias has been mentioned. Uh, and then yeah, a couple I wouldn't, of their, their prospects as well. For the Dodgers, I don't know that I would trade – Urias straight up for Soto, just to be honest, because, but you would <laughs> maybe I, hitting's not their issue. Uh, Urias is more important to them than getting another hitter in their system. Like they they score 
they're, they're leading the league in runs. They don't need Soto. Um, I would love to have him, but I wouldn't give up a top pitcher for him. I, well, yeah. give up- I honestly think if the Dodgers go and get him, it's more about uh, – You want to give up – We want to get them as opposed to having someone else get him. You know, instead of the Mets getting him, or instead of the Yankees getting him, because sure. we want to, we we want to win. We don't want someone else to have that advantage over us. I could see them putting together a package with Lux, Bellinger, maybe Bobby Miller. You know, one of their top pitching prospects again, mm-hmm. um, and that being of interest, uh, and I would be all for that. I'd, I'd give I'd give Lux, Bobby Miller, and Bellinger for for Soto. But I think yeah, about I don't Washington, know. though, I, I think. The Dodgers are the place I go because I think the Dodgers have proven they, they don't mind they don't have a problem shaking things up because they've done it several times. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't think they go furious either. I, I, again, there's a depending on what set you go to depends on what maybe you can maybe um, you can give a Dustin May. I mean, you know, a guy like would that. Would you give up? Would you give up Walker Bueller? Would you be more comfortable giving up Bueller or Urias? Used probably, obviously, not the Dodgers. Probably Urias. I mean, I, I think I think Bueller is the better pitcher of the if, two. If he's healthy, I, I think now we're getting that situation where we're talking. You know, but Bueller's Hurt. Bueller also may not even come back until the playoffs. So this year, um, yeah, I mean, you're really looking long term. So uh, I think it's interesting. I mean, if I'm Washington, I'm probably most focused on the Dodgers because I think the Dodgers can give up the most major league ready talent. I'd sell, I'd, I'd rather sell That's rather than trading Urias. I'd rather sell high on a guy like Gonsolin. Yeah. Uh, or Dustin May. Or I mean, Anderson, you know, I mean, that guy's 11 and one now or 12. Well, after yeah. But that just, Washington I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Of course. Yeah. They're not interested in a 32 year old pitcher, but um, I, you know, a guy like Bobby Miller, that one of their top, Pitching prospects, that kind of thing. All right, what do you got last? All right, so I only feel it's, uh, you know, I've talked about Blade's text. I've talked about Nelson's text. But the bottom line is we all try and um, we all send these types of things back and forth during trade negotiations. So I only feel it's fair to to bring myself into this. Uh, During our discussions about, we were looking at Rizzo and, and whatever else. And, you know, I told you uh, Josh Naylor, I thought was a borderline free agent, uh, but yet I include him in every negotiation that we had. So kiss or kick me actually wanting Josh Naylor from you. Oh, you, you won. I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of it. Uh, he also is up to about three, eight, five a game now. Uh, he's had a he had a couple of games in messy stuff today. I don't know. I don't even know if he played today because it's Thursday, so I know teams head off. Um, uh, everybody wants Naylor, but everyone wants him at their price, which is fair because I, I get that. Like, there's a lot of kind of like Rizzo. I wanted Rizzo at my price, not paying sure. your price for him. He's going to be ninety one dollars after this year for your signing him for a three year deal. Yeah. Um, you know, so like in. I think that's why I don't make as many trades as other guys because I want guys at my price. And the toughest thing is, is a guy like Blades, for example. You know, Blades has really changed his negotiating strategy this year. He's become more of a text negotiator. Uh, him and I used to just mm-hmm. fire offers back and forth. 
And after I sent 762 of the same offer, eventually he'd give me what I wanted, which, you know, worked out. But now he's more into the text strategy, which, you know, is probably really the Suga and Cougar's fault because that's how they, like, negotiate too. Um, and quite honestly, like, when it comes to when it comes to texting, like, when, I, when I'm putting together offers, I like to be able to look at all the stats. I don't want to have, you know, my phone open on this app and this. No, I just want to send the offer. If there's a little bit of a tweet... You and I seem to be able to get deals done most of the time still. Uh, it takes a while because neither of us want to budge. You know, you don't want Naylor, but he's included well, in the offer. I take Naylor out and all of a sudden you reject it right away. Where when he was in there, you at least, you know, thought about it for right. a couple of minutes. Um, so obviously yes. I know you want Naylor. So, you know, but there's a little bit of strategy to, to everything that all of us do. We all kind of know how we work. Uh, somehow, though, when it comes to you and Blade, you always seem to get the best deals from Blades. Uh, not that all of us haven't got a good deal from Blades or Blades has got one over on all of us because he has, but at the end of the day, he seems to like the trade with you the most, and you seem to get the best deals from him. Uh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, my last one. The Marlins recently said everyone on their roster is available besides Sandy Alcantara. Kiss or kick, the Marlins having yet again another fire sale, even though most of their players are under the age of 26. I kick it just because of that. I, I think they will certainly move anybody. I just, who, a contending team besides Sandy, who are you, who are you really looking for? I have been interested um, to see. They have J.J. Blide, who they, they brought up finally, mm-hmm. and he's played five or six games and has, has been decent so far. But they don't have a whole lot of veteran guys. They're not going to move Jazz hands, right? Uh, they, they said they would. Now, if I am the Blue Jays, whose pitching coach seems to be a magician, I am trying to get Taylor Rogers. Yeah, but he's, he's still he's a young guy. He's, he's young, but the, the Marlins said everybody except for Alcantara is available. I'd be willing to give up quite a bit. The Blue Jays, if they get another pitcher like that, and especially if they can turn him back into that 15, 16, 17-point-per-game guy he was not too long ago, um, that is, that's a move I'm interested in doing if I have the right pitch. Sure. sure, I just think you're going to have to give up younger – better guys to get them, and I, I don't see that happening. I, I see a guy like John Birdie, right? 31 mm-hmm. years old, but he's a decent player, or a Garrett Cooper um, that's having had, had, has been having a decent season. Uh, those guys that can that you can bring in that can play any position in the infield. And well, even if they get rid of all you, those type of guys, isn't that still a fire sale in itself? Because – I mean, uh, is John Birdie a fire sale? No, not really. Well, I it, mean, it, it depends. I mean, when you look at their roster, I mean, it's not like they're they overachieved the last couple of years. I mean, they got in a playoff recently and beat the Cubs. That was what twenty twenty mm-hmm. in the shortened season. Um, so I mean, they were competitive. I mean, they were good enough to be, you know, a, a top eight team in the National League, and now they're not. So now what? They're just I mean, I, I don't understand the comments more than anything. Sure. And they actually have a pretty good track record of drafting 
They've got a pretty good farm system. The problem is they trade them all off before they reach their potential. Well, yeah, because they don't want to pay them. It's the same thing the Pirates do. It's the reason Derek Jeter doesn't work for the Marlins anymore. Yeah. Uh, Derek Jeter wanted to win. The Marlins said they did. Then Derek Jeter's like, all right, well, this is what we need to do. And the Marlins said, we're out. We don't want to spend the money. So yeah. I, I, I believe they probably will sell off most of these guys because they, they're not going to want to resign them. A couple of them are, you know, going to start being arbitration eligible. And because of that, I think that they're probably going to sell off all these guys. I mean, you've got – you'll have six still coming back. Next year, it looks like now. I, I think he's out for the year, pretty much. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be out for the whole year. But look, Sandy, Sixto, Rogers. I mean, that's a pretty good one, two, three right there. Uh, if if they keep that intact, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. But the problem is, is unless they decide they want to win the World Series, because they do that every you know twelve years or so. Um, I don't foresee them, you know, paying these guys and the veterans that have to bring in to do it. I think that's what Jeter was trying to do. But All right, I digress. That's enough about the Marlins. They're a last place team. Nobody cares. Let's get into trades, trades, and blades trades because... Trades, we got to get out of trades, here. Trades, exactly. Blades, trades. Exactly. 6.30, 7.00 a.m. alarm is not looking very enticing. All right. We're going to do this and get out of here in the next six or seven minutes. <laughs> Because especially because baseball, we don't we don't have much. So the combo league, nothing as always. Hung jury, there was two. You and I need to make a combo league deal, even if it's just you know Joe Smo for John Smith. We do combo league one. Like Blades gave up or Blades gave Suga, Kyle Hendricks for Jacob Jacob Junis Yunus. I mean, who cares? Uh, uh, hang on, hang on. I got a couple things to say about this. Okay. Um, uh, who cares? Yes, I, I I agree for the most part. But as much as Hendricks has fallen off, he's not Jacob Junis, who is a free agent. Um, even if it's a free agent that's averaged ten point six points per game, um, you know, prior to this season, he did average twelve last year, eleven the year before, four nine, four eight, and ten. You know, Hendricks has had some seasons where he's peaked out 15, 13, 13, 13, 15, 12, 4, 13, 2. Uh, so I think. But he uh, may not pitch again this season. He, he may not. But, again, it's a dynasty league. Uh, I don't think Blades is trying to win this year. I, I think Blades has went from trying to win this year to not trying to win this year. I think the Vlad move, you know, getting Tatis back, I think he's showing that he's not trying to win but- right now. He'll argue with you. He'll tell you he is, but I don't think he is. Yeah, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Hendricks has the potential at any time, especially if he gets traded. That's the main piece. If he if Hendricks got traded to the Yankees, he's a 14 or 15 point per game guy, I think. But it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I mean, he's having a bad year this year, but before this year, he's never averaged less than 12.4. And he's averaged 12, right. he averaged twelve five last year, twelve four in twenty fifteen. Everything else he's been really consistent. It's been thirteen, fifteen one, thirteen one, thirteen, thirteen one, twelve five, fifteen six. Like he's been very consistent. Yeah. And now uh, he's and now he's playing for a triple A team. So I mean, let's get the, to the, the big trade. 
Uh, I, I wouldn't even call it big, but I gave Blades, uh, Ross Stripling, Marcus Semyon, uh, the aforementioned Kyle Hendricks, and Rizzo for Corey Seager, uh, uh, Texas Ranger young guy Duran, Alex Cobb, and Chicago White Sox prospect Colas. Let's be honest. Uh, last Friday, when this trade was about to go down, you started off the conversation with, hey, I'm about to make a trade. It's coming through. It's uh, Marcus Simeon and Rizzo for uh, Seeger and Duran. I'm like, oh, okay, uh, Blades wins. Then you're like, oh, but uh, I'm getting Cobb and he's getting Stripling. I'm like, okay, Blades probably still wins. Then like, oh, yeah, and I'm getting Colas and uh, <laughs> uh, giving up um, – Hendricks. I'm like, oh, okay, so now it's pretty even. You probably win a little bit because I love Colas. Um, so that's how the trade was came through to me. Uh, Seager scares me. He's expensive. He's hurt all the time. Uh, I think Duran has some potential in Texas. Uh, Cobb, yeah, whatever. Um, Colas is the prize for you. As far as what you gave up to him, Simeon's starting to hit a little bit better there in Texas, but uh, he's still 31 or 32. Uh, Stripling is very well a bullpen guy. Hendricks is maybe off for the year. Uh, Rizzo, who I love, he's having an amazing year. But again, following Blades and his strategy, I just can't do it. Um, If Blades is trying to win this year, Rizzo's a great pickup. That's why I was interested in getting him from you, because I am trying to win this year. Uh, but a lot of Blaze moves point to him not trying to win this year. So I am very confused by this deal all around. I think you win a little bit because I think Colas is uh, at least potentially the best player in the deal. And uh, he's a dollar. And Anthony Rizzo is soon to be minimally 86 up to 91. Yeah. Yeah. Colas is what it came down to. I, I wouldn't do this deal without Colas. Um, of course, yeah. you know, and I'll take the last player you told me, by the way. I'll, I'll t- <laughs> I'll take Seager all day for Rizzo just because he's younger. They're both overpriced. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're both um, overpriced. I actually like Rizzo a little more than Seager, mostly because Rizzo Rizzo's going to play 140 games a year. Seager's going to play 100. I mean, Seager has been pretty healthy this year and four points per game. But he's Simeon, a red flag, by the way. Simeon uh, is a good, great value. Second baseman at $6 in our league, I believe. Uh, so can't go wrong there. Stripling will be back as soon as the Blue Jays have a couple of pitchers back, which Kikuchi came back tonight, scored 15. So Stripling will be back to the bullpen soon. Um, Hendricks, I don't care about. I was going to drop him anyway. Uh, Duran, I don't have any faith in. And Alex Cobb is whatever. He's a guy that might get me 11 points. Yes, hopefully you game. definitely did not get the better Duran, Duran. Uh, of the Durans, uh, the better one is in Boston. Duran, <laughs> Duran. Uh, yeah, somebody just like dropped in the other league. Uh, all right, so gridiron. Uh, okay, that's it for baseball. We're moving on to football. We're, we started with football. We're going to end with football. Gridiron, I gave Suga Zeke, who in that league is, I believe, $82, and pick 110 for pick 16 and pick 18. So we're, we're trend- transitioning to football here. Uh, this is finger lace gridiron. Um, whatever. I mean, I'll be quite honest. I I would give Suga the slight edge here. You gave up Zeke, who is very expensive, uh, and a first round pick 
and I think once the difference between one six and one ten is very very low this year because this class is not great. Um, if you hit with both of your picks and he misses with one ten and Zeke is injured half the year, sure you win. But if uh, Zeke comes out and performs the way Zeke says he's going to, I'd give the slight edge to Suga here. Uh, but I understand you also trying to get some cap relief. So yeah, I mean, uh, give me look if you had said. I could get either Walker, Cook, or even a guy I'm not high on like uh, Isaiah Spiller. I would take Isaiah Spiller for Zeke straight up all day, given the cap difference. And then I get to get 1-8 instead of one ten. So this was a no-brainer for me. But I just don't like Zeke as much as you probably. Uh, combo League. Again, uh, Suga and I were, were had some good oh, trades. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, are we not going to talk about the other ones that went down in – then? I mean, we talked about them last week, but if you want to talk about them again, we can. Oh, did, uh, did we talk about the football trades last week? Mm-hmm. That's we fine. did. We I, did. Uh, I, I remember parts of last show. <laughs> okay. Uh, you were hitting the head with a softball, so I, it's, I it's okay. That's, I, that's, exactly I why, it. that's exactly why I don't remember. Uh, combo League, I gave Suga St. Brown the GOAT. Tom Brady and Marlon Mack for Brandon Cooks, soon to be dropped, Dearness Johnson, and my guy, Jalen Hurts. Uh, love the deal for Suga. Um, I figured you would. I'm okay with that. Uh, and it's not even because of Jalen Hurts. Uh, it's because it's because I have no faith in Brandon Cooks. You just said you're dropping Johnson. So, oh, that means so that means essentially, in my eyes, this deal comes down to Jalen Hurts for Tom Brady and St. Brown. Um, for this year, I like Brady more than Hurts. Uh, in the future, I think St. Brown has potential to be a stud. Uh, I mean, he was good last year with Jared Goff. So if he's good again with Jared Goff and then the Lions actually get a quarterback at some point, um, I think that St. Brown is the the star in this deal. I understand your love for Jalen Hurts. Um, let's say I'm wrong about Jalen Hurts, and he becomes a, a top 12 fantasy quarterback, which he was just outside of that last year. Um, a very small sample size, but still I have to say he was just outside of the top 12. Let's say he becomes a top 12 quarterback. And let's say St. Brown becomes a top 12 um, receiver. I like St. Brown more. I, I like the top 12 receiver or the top 12 quarterback in, in that scenario, uh, mostly because the difference between your top receivers, the drop-off when you start getting outside of that top 12, 15, 20, is much more significant than that drop-off with the quarterbacks, where, you know, after the top four or five quarterbacks, uh, you know, a lot of times you see six through 20 are very close when it comes to quarterback rankings. Sure. So the difference between us, I think, is uh, is with St. Brown. So St. Brown has fourth-round draft stock. Uh, they just drafted Jamison Williams, who is far more talented than St. Brown. And, and probably not going to play most of this year. Yeah, but this is a dynasty league. So mm-hmm. I look, I look long term, and then me, me, me too. But if St. Brown uh, develops more rapport with Jared Goff, and Jared Goff is the quarterback in Detroit, I, I don't um, think Goff's the long term quarterback there. But I'll say, 
so St. Brown put up his – he had great numbers the last six weeks of the season. Hawkinson missed all those games. DeAndre Swift missed all those games. Um, now you've added DJ Shark. You're going to add Jamison Williams. Theoretically, you'll have Hawkinson back. You have Swift back. St. Brown is the fifth option to me when all these players are healthy, maybe sixth. Um, so I'm trying to sell high in St. Brown. That's just me. I, I just with if St. Brown was the first or second round pick, I'd be all about him. He's fourth round, and I just go with numbers historically. Fourth round wide receivers, they don't make it in the league more than a couple of years. They have stretches where they can be good, but they don't make it. So give me all these other players on the Lions. Uh, so I looked at this as next year Brady's not going to be playing. So I'm getting Hertz and Brandon Cooks for St. Brown because Marlon Mack and Dearness Johnson can both be dropped immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Marlon Mack has more potential than Dearness Johnson to me because Marlon Mack's, you know, the the the, the Texans. But the, but then again, the Texans signed Marlon Mack to a one year, one million dollar deal. They're paying Rex Burkhead four times that. They just drafted a player. I just don't see Marlon Mack getting a whole lot of run. Brandon Cooks is going to outscore St. Brown easily this year. He had 90 catches last year in a bad offense with Davis Mills throwing to him. Davis Mills is going to throw to him again. Uh, he had his best season last year with Davis Mills. So I just don't see how Brandon Cooks. Uh, he had his best season last year because he stayed healthy. If Brandon <laughs> Cooks stays healthy, I-, I would agree with you. But I don't see but Brandon I, Cooks staying yeah, healthy back to back. I've heard that before, and Brandon <laughs> Cooks actually – has only missed uh, in the last six years about three games as a wide receiver. I mean, he's been one of the most healthy wide receivers in the league. So I, I'm not sure where that comes from, the health concern with him. Uh, well, in, in, in 2019, you're right. He only missed two games, and he ha- he scored 121 points. Um, so, I mean, he averaged 8.6, and that was, you know, that was in 2019. Now, 2020 and 2021, he – he fared very well. He scored 16 and 15 points per game, respectively. He's still only 28. Yes. Um, but as you know, you know, I mean, when they when they get to 30, they're irrelevant, right? I mean, that's that's a you thing, not a me thing. Mm-hmm. Not irrelevant, but yes, they certainly drop off. They certainly drop. And I don't think Brandon Cooks is a, a sexy receiver by any means in the, in the dynasty what's crazy, world. What's crazy is St. Brown scored 11 less points than Brandon Cooks last year. As a rookie on a yeah. really bad team, a without, any, pick. without any weapons, I just think that St. Well, Brown's going to go down, go I down mean, the, the pecking order for for the Lions. That's I all. mean, they had weapons throughout the year. Swift and Hawkinson both scored very well if you, if you look at them in position, positional wise. Yeah, when, when when Swift um, and Hawkinson were on the field, St. Brown scored eight points per game. Yeah, but uh, again, they they weren't on the the field the the whole year, so. And, and here's the thing. So he St. Brown was a little little hit and miss. He was like a typical rookie. So he went 4 4 1 13 13 9 0 7 10 5 6 24 15 23 26 38 29. Right. So when Swift and Hawkins went out and they threw the ball to him. When Swift and Hawkinson are playing, they're not going to throw the ball to them. That, that's my point. All right, but but here's the thing. Let's look at Brandon Cooks. So Brandon Cooks went 21, 22, 23, 9, 5, 17, 7, 20, 11, 3, 13, 8, 21, 32, 19, 5. So Brandon Cooks did the exact same thing, just in a different order. 
I mean, if, if you take out their their three worst and their their three best, they're they're still basically the exact same receiver, and only St. Brown I, is is younger than than Cooks. Sure, it, I it, just it, it doesn't have an injury history. I mean, even though Cooks recently looks, his injury history looks better than I thought it did, he he still. I'm just he saying, still Cook, has an injury history. Cooks is going to be the number one wide receiver. Yeah, but Whereas, you don't know that you don't know that St. Brown isn't going to be the number one receiver. I mean, on the depth chart right now, you're right; it doesn't look like he's going to be the number one receiver. But let's look at our Buffalo Bills for a second. If I told you at the end of the year that Gabriel Davis outscores Stephon Diggs, are you going to be surprised? Yes, absolutely. Because I would, of the absolutely, I would be. because the attention that Diggs takes, and as many double teams as he faces. And the rapport that Allen has started to build with Davis, including in you know the first four days of camp, because I'm one of those crazy people that read the the report every day from camp. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, where everybody's you know, an all star. I get it. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, of course, and that includes Diggs. Uh, Diggs has actually been getting in fights with rookie defensive backs, and Gabriel Davis just keeps scoring touchdowns. I mean, Diggs should be. That's his job is to fire up their 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 rookies. But right. absolutely, and, and I love seeing it from both the rookie and Diggs. I, I don't have an issue with that. I'm just saying. My gotcha. So, all right, you're on record. Davis is better than Diggs. Fair enough. I, didn't, I, I, said I, dis- I said I, I disagree. I said I, said I would not but. be shocked if Davis outscores Diggs, even though Diggs is the clear number one. Um, That's fine. I just. Even if St. Brown scores on par with Cooks, uh, with Brady not playing next year, I feel like Hurts can at least score and two points and outscore him. That, that's the thing. Is you're, you're assuming that Brady's not going to play next Brady actually retired this offseason. I'm, right? I'm a pretty he, smart he, guy. He, he was retired for 47 days. Yeah, I mean, he, didn't have, he didn't have a TV deal in place. But I, uh, I have no doubt you're a pretty smart guy. But also, do you I'm, think I'm confident. Fox can't pull that deal if he plays another year? That deal starts whenever sure. he retires. It, it doesn't start in twenty twenty three. Sure, but as you as know, good as good as you know who else had, had a TV deal? Drew Brees. You know who doesn't have a TV deal right now? Drew Brees, because NBC fired him. You know who outscored? If you took the average last year, uh, if you took Tom Brady, who was the QB one, you took St. Brown, who was wide receiver two. The last six weeks of the season, you know how who outscored them over the season on a weekly basis? Brandon Cooks and Dalen Hurts. Well, yeah, I mean, of course I did because you obviously did that when you were doing your your research. But so anyway, all right, we get we got we got to get out of here. Uh, Twelve Angry Men. Uh, look, let's continue. Fly Eagles high for me. I was up late badgering LTG for a deal. Uh, I told LTG I lost this deal hands down, and I, I will still admit that. Uh, I gave him Jerry Judy, Cam Akers, Allen Robinson, pick two five this year, and a 2023 second for Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, who I do not like at all, Mike Evans, who, okay, he's fine, and A.J. Brown. This, to me, was all about I'm going to play LTG in the playoffs. A.J. Brown is going to have a big week. I'm going to beat him, and, and that's just uh, fuel for my trash talk. This was – I don't need – look, I could have given him Jerry Judy, Cam Akers, Allen Robinson for nothing, and I'm still going to win that league. My team is so good. 
So this was just all about getting Luke to trade me. Oh, oh, that's right. You, you are so good, Mister. You've won how many times? Once. Yes, which mm-hmm. is one more time than me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and my, my team's not good, but you've won it one more time than me. That's how good your team <laughs> is. And, and we're what year six? Yeah. Look, look, we don't always perform in the playoffs, sir. Like we've come up short, uh, but. Again, this was all about I would, me. I would, I would love to actually give you a breakdown of this trade, but uh, currently Fantrax is down, and I can't look at, at any of, of the, the you transactions. Know, you know Luke won this um, deal. I mean, he wins this um, deal. Okay. You got A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, and who? Uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. And who'd he get? He got Jerry Judy, who I like. Cam Akers, who is better than CEH by a long shot. Uh, Allen Robinson, who should be good, Matt Stafford, and then two seconds. You won the deal. I don't agree. Uh, no. the, the two seconds. I made it. The, the two seconds, depending on, on who they are in what year. Okay, I love Akers. Um, I used to like CH quite a bit. Uh, if Akers is healthy, I think he outscores CH, sir. Uh, but then it's Allen Robinson. And what other Judy. Judy. Judy for who, Evans who, and AJ Brown. Who has w- Wilson. But I like Evans and Brown a lot more than I like Judy and uh Robinson. A, a, a right. lot more. Like I, I, I think Akers is, is better in CH. And the two seconds, yes. you don't need two seconds because your roster is static. So the two seconds at that point really just become a problem for Luke to figure out his cap if he ha- if he's up against it. Um, so no, I like that deal a ton for you. And You're supposed I, to like and, that for Luke because I told him all night that you were going to like this deal more for him. Um, <laughs> than me. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure that's how you sold it to him. Uh, Luke refuses <laughs> to make a deal with me in any league. So even if I did like this deal for Luke, which I honestly don't. Um, I would still say I like it for you because he refuses to make any deal with me in any league. Um, All right. So every time I see a deal from Luke, I just approve it and assume that Luke lost because he refused to trade me. <laughs> All right. Last two from Sports Fantasy so we can get out of here. I gave Suga, Stafford, Robert Woods, and Michael Carter for uh, a couple guys nobody cares about. Uh, Will Fuller, Guyton from the Chargers, uh, pick 110 and my boy Jalen Hurts. I mean, I, I should have saw the writing on the wall when this deal came through. I was like, what is McCarty doing? And I, I should have known the whole time. It's just Jalen Hurts. It's Jalen Hurts. Fly, Eagles, fly. Um, whatever. I don't even care anymore. I mean, if, if Jalen Hurts is, is, is the next best thing, if Jalen Hurts comes out and finishes in the top 10 or – five or whatever you think he's going to do, I'm just going to start calling you Clear Junior because then I, I know any player that you get is going to just perform very well. Uh, but if Jalen Hurts does what I think he does and sucks and is injured half the year, uh, then I'm going to say that Suga won the deal. You are correct. Last one, I continued my Eagles surge here. I gave Nelson, Sammy, I pulled my Hammy Watkins, uh, Brandon Ayuk, and J.K. Dobbins for Miles Sanders, who is horrific. And really, it was all just all about A.J. Brown again for me. I actually really like this deal for you because I like A.J. Brown. Uh, and I like Miles Sanders more than I like J.K. Dobbins. I am down Ooh. on Dobbins. I, I, not, think, but... I, I think I think Dobbins is at best a 
a part of a tandem running back scenario. I don't think he's a lead running back. I don't think he ever will be a lead. I think Miles Sanders will outscore Dobbins most years. And I think A.J. Brown's the best player in the deal. So I like that deal quite a bit for you. I'll take it. We got to get out of here. Yes, I've got I, I no agree. stories. So I mean, I mean it's, it's been go. a fantastic show. Uh, my alarm's going to go off any minute, I feel like. So, yeah, I need to go to bed. All right. All right. Until next time, folks, have a good one. McCarty, it's been real. We'll see you all see next time or not. See you. Well, I don't know what's happening with the outro, so like, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. Be sure to catch all future shows wherever you stream. Uh, bye bye now. Bye bye.